Welcome to another episode of Good Old Sports. We're so glad that you've chosen uh, to tune in as we dig into the NFL, the NBA, high school, all of the above. I'm your host, Riley Pate, my best friend and co-host, Adrian Herndon, here. And uh, let's just dive right on in. What do you say? Um, a lot to get to. Yeah, man, it's a lot. Like, I, it's <laughs> a lot of uh, upsets this weekend, man, in these, in these football games. And... Um, but it's like I say, no matter who you play, you still have to line up and play them. I mean, it doesn't matter the the, the caliber of the team. It doesn't matter the record. You still have to play some football. And uh, that's what we've seen this past weekend. And, um, and, and but from high school all the way up through the, the NFL. Uh, so, like I said, some some upsets, but all around some good football. Um uh, so yeah, I'm excited to let's you know jump into it and a lot uh, of football this yeah, week. Yeah, and shoot, man, ready, I'm ready. I had to digest a lot of football. <laughs> yeah. uh, good thing we had to do this for a living, huh? Yeah, we could we but, could do other things. You know, in digesting it, it's not like it's a any bad games per se. You know, but just you, trying to bounce around. Yeah. Like there was one point this weekend on Saturday where I'm watching like three games at one time. Catch a little here, catch a little there, getting back to this one. You know, trying to just catch some big moments. Uh, kind of break down some things. So, a lot of football to get to. Let's start with the game that we were at uh, this past Friday. As Paul Pewitt uh, falls to Hooks in their district opener, 57-40. to 40. It, It's kind of the same thing as last. No defense on the Pewitt side of the football, what especially sorry. in that secondary. If you can throw the football, you're going to beat Paul Pewitt. Yeah. Um, and another thing is not just that it's it's lack of discipline. Yeah. Um, they they had a a lot once again a lot of personal foul penalties unnecessary. Yes, um, I don't understand that. I mean, you would have thought after last week, you know, yes. they would have said, "Okay, guys, we got to clean this up." Two Maybe. weeks in a row, getting a player ejected. Yes, and it was unnecessary. You know, un. un- it's unnecessary actions, and I, if they want to be in any sort of ball games, which, like I said, you know, at the game, they have the team to do so. They're a good team, but they're not disciplined. They benefit from a, a fairly weak back end of the district. Yeah. So, I mean, they're probably still going to make a playoff game. But if you want to do anything and to get past that first round of the playoffs, you're going to have to clean some things. You're going to have to. And you're going to have to figure something out to stop the pass. Right. And and penalties killed them as well. Put them behind the chains on offense. Yes. And, and when they were in the red zone, you know, yes. or close to it, you know. and so Several penalties on the two-point conversion play. Yeah. And <clears throat> that's just, those are things that are more mental mistakes that can be fixed and or, and or shouldn't happen, you know. They they are totally avoidable, but for Pewitt man, for for them to be as good as they are, for them to have those type of mistakes, that's just not called for. You know that's that doesn't look good on your record, and, and it doesn't look good on the coaching staff. You no. know, I, Coach Dorsey is a great man. He's been at Pewitt for a long time, been a good soldier as an assistant. So they say, hey, let's give him the shot as head coach. Makes the first round of the playoffs last year gets bounced. Uh, looking, you know, to to make another a, a playoff appearance this season as the head coach, but but at some point, 
uh, there's going to have to be a reckoning uh, with that sideline. I mean, you're going to have to look at the totality of what's going on over there and ask, okay, do we have the people in place to control the situation? Yeah. Uh, to, to not let things get so out of hand. I mean, because there's even discord on the sideline between players and coaches, players and players. And we're not trying to bab it. We're just reporting on what we see, Yeah, uh, you know, that plays into some of these wins and losses. And, I mean, you just... Practice after practice, day in day out, you you telling you, hey guys, we gotta clean this unnecessary penalties up. There's no, there's no call for it. You know, it's not called for, and that's all we heard Friday night. So like, you know, why you, are you doing? Yeah, that? why? It's like there's no calls for any of this. Why are you constantly? Why are we constantly having to tell you, like, keep your mouth shut or, mm-hmm. and it's, it's embarrassing man. every week. Yeah. It was a point, you know, that I was walking down the sideline. I told you, man, I felt like I was getting in trouble. Yeah. Uh, because, I mean, the coaches were just constantly chewing them out because it was something they kept seeing. And it, and it wasn't like it was happening, you know, in their uh, early in their possession, you know, when they're down the field and their own on their own side. But this was happening down close to the goal line when they were about to score. Yes. You know, and go up. And so people would just they, – they just step on their own feet. Now – I, on the positive side of things, I will say that uh, they're very. I don't know if it was that Hooks was bad up the, on in the middle. No, Pugh's pretty good. That offensive line's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, uh, because the, uh, the running backs ran. I mean, really hard uh, Friday night and really good. It's part of why they were able to stay in the game, uh, along with their quarterback uh, Hayden Green. You know, leading the pack. He's an outstanding guy. I don't know. You know, like I said, like we said last week, he may be going into baseball. I would, I would still love to see him uh, play some football. I mean, he's a very tough player, but um, pure they're able they're able to win games. Uh, it's just you know, like we said, the penalties, uh, <clears throat> the penalties, the unnecessary penalties. That's gonna you know. Sh- cause them to shoot themselves in the foot. Well, and the offense is not the problem. So you look at their schedule. Of course, they lost, they only scored 29 points against Winsboro. Okay. Didn't get to play the game against Wascombe due to weather that week. You know, that was the week that several teams got uh, rained and stormed out. Uh-huh. Uh, but they put 38 on Mount Vernon, a state-ranked Mount Vernon team. They put 56 on Troop, hmm. which was also a state-ranked team coming into that ball game. You put 40 on Hooks. Your offense isn't the problem. No. It's the unnecessary defensive uh, penalties. It's the unnecessary 
Well, I say unnecessary. It is the the complete crumbling of that secondary so far that is costing you in those ball games. Yes. Uh, and I don't know what you can do. I mean, you can't coach speed, size, or smarts. You you can't coach yeah. those things. But but you can try and maybe look at okay, can we roll the safety down here? Can we maybe drop a linebacker into to coverage? Can we, you know you you've got you've gotten to a point in the season now where you know you can't completely overhaul your scheme. So you are what you are. But you can now maybe look at, okay, some bailout options. What can we do to, to give ourselves the best chance uh, that we're going to have to cover these things up that, to allow us to win the ball game? Well, it's like I said Friday. You know, there there's a lot of Mitch match in the secondary. You Big know? time, yeah. And <clears throat> I don't know if it's something the coaches will have to look at and say, hmm, you know, this is not going to work or this hasn't been working. For the past couple of weeks, because we've seen it, you know, yeah, and, and you know, one side of the ball, um, on these, on one side of the field, there's a mismatch, match, and then you have your safeties is a mix, uh, mixed match, and it's not clicking, and so it's a lot that we've seen, you know, when you go up against a good receiver, you know, your secondary has to be confident and like, hey, I have my guy. If I miss something, my guy behind me is gonna, you know. Help me out, pick you know, but that's not the case with Pewitt. It's like everybody is either they don't know the assignment, they don't know where to be, or they just can't carry it out. It's not to say that they're not talented. It's just the position that they're in happens to not be the right position. Yeah, and we've seen that man. It was clearly it was one point where Hooks just went down the field, and I stood there and I watched. And I said, "Watch the right, watch the left side, watch number two. Yeah, and lo and behold, and this is their fourth down. Hooks is fourth mm-hmm. down. They had a yeah. chance to stop him, and it's exactly what I said, he threw to number two on the sideline, and because the guy wasn't paying attention, but yeah, you can see it. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't paying attention, and got him first down. Hooks goes on down the field, goes on to score that that drive. So it's a lot of mixed mixed matching on that defense and. Lack of speed, you know. Like yeah. I said, speed kills, and the lack thereof kills as well. Yes, and you start uh, starting to see that with Pewitt, you know. And, and, and like I said, that's something you can't coach. Uh, and so you know, the question: Well, then, what do you do? Well, you just got to put your kids in the best position to try and make plays. Yeah, you know, if they do, they do. If they don't, they don't. But you've just got to put your kids in the position to give them the ability. You know, to possibly get a stop here and possibly get a stop there, and just be the best version of you. Right. You know, whatever that's going to look like, it might look like just making the playoffs. It may look like a second round game. Whatever the best version of you is, try and be that. Yeah. Uh, you know, and try and figure something out. You know, you've got a numbers problem over there in Pewitt right now. You know, with players out, you've got. Uh, it, it's just one of those situations, like I said, where it's not. You know necessarily panic, but it is to the point where let's be realistic about who we are, what we can do, and let's try and reach that goal. Yeah, right. And with them, it's more, you know, they had the issue with with, uh, their players, where they had to move some JV players up to varsity. The entire JV team, from my understanding. And so I don't think they won't have a rest of the season. I was told that that wasn't likely, that they, they likely would not have a JV team the rest of the year. Oh. 
And, and so you have that going on. Um, so you get more players. Yeah. But, but you know, the, the, the deal is from what I was hearing Friday from on the sidelines, it's like you don't know where players should be in their position, you know, on the field, what position they should be in. And that, you know, that kind of brings up a lot of questions. You know, if it seems like there's a lot of players having to fill in for a lot of players or having to pick up the load for players who don't know what to do. Yes. Uh, and, a lot of that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, it's just a lot of issues that are, and it's not minor issues. These are major issues that cost you games. Yeah. Because like you said, it's not that their offense isn't good, but you, your defense is crumbling and then your attitude is, is, is what's making you waste away early in the season. And that's not good. That costs you second place in district. Exactly. Losing that ball game costs you second place in the district. Unless you pull a rabbit out of your hat and you beat Decal. Which, yeah. I mean, I don't. I, right now, I don't see. We're going to cover that game. I yeah. think it'll be a, a good game for both sides on the offensive side of the football, I would expect. Yeah. But, I mean, you, you very well may have. Now, again, they benefit from that weak district that they're in. Mm-hmm. You know, you, that back half of that district, you've got uh, Paris Chisholm, you've got Prairie Land, you've got Redwater in the back half of the district. Yeah. So I mean, you're you're benefiting from that, and, and so you've got to look and say, okay, how can we win those ball games? Let's just get into the playoffs and and kind of go from there. Yeah. But a lot of questions in Palpia, and that's a place where, you know, yeah, that is kind of the good old boy side of Morris County. Yeah. But they still expect to win ball games. Like exactly. they still expect to be competitive. Man, you know, you say good old boys, man. You know, that is the truth. I have not been it felt when well, we were in the sticks is what I yeah. call it, man. But they they're, you know, good players. They have good attitudes when they're up, but when they're down, their attitudes kind of sour, you know, and um you you will see that with a football team at some point. Uh but it's the attitude when it sours. It's what they. It's, it, it's not what they do on the sidelines. It's what they do on the field. Yeah. And you know, and that's what I don't like to see. Uh, but they're great guys, man. Just being around them, you know, they're great kids. Uh, but good, good kids, good community. Yeah, great community, man. I love the energy in Pewit. You know, it, it's 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 very. They're very. Um, what, what can I say? For the most part, uh, resilient. They're resilient. They're very that. Hey, that fan base is very supportive. You know, I was kind of wondering. Okay, it's not homecoming. You just lost a troop on your homecoming. Yeah, and it was still a packed crowd on the pit side. I yeah, mean, I mean, you know, they, they they support those kids. So you know, for for them, I hope that hey, you get this thing turned around the best yeah. you can. Yeah. Go make some yeah. noise. See real what you can real do. quick though, I want to talk about on the hook side now. Uh, I want to talk about hooks running back. Oh, he was excellent. Rook Hooks has a running back, man, and they—I mean—they have a great running back. Uh, that's some of the best running I've seen, other than Carthage. Uh, yeah, he's probably the best running back we've seen outside Carthage. Yeah, back. Uh, and well, then my Pleasant's running back. That and I yeah, say but, that, but I say that because we—they get to feature Mount Pleasant's running back. Yeah. I think he's probably on that level. Yeah. Now, Dangerfield's running back's not bad. No, but, no he's but a hard runner. But this kid from Hooks, is uh, yeah. he gets out in space that's, and you're not catching That's him. a real running back, man. <laughs> and, you know, he's 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 big in size. You know, he's about six foot six one, mm-hmm. uh, Maybe 180, 200 pounds or 190. Between 180 and 200. And, you know, 
I like to see good cuts. I like to see good uh, misdirection. I like to see when running backs can make players miss on the defense. And this guy did that. I mean, his 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 cuts were just amazing, crisp, speed, um, acceleration. You know, just all-around hard runner. And uh, props to his offensive line, you know, for giving him holes to run through. You know, to make stuff like that happen. You know, props to Hook's uh, offensive line. Um, but, yeah, man, I don't, I can't think of the, the kid's name. Uh, something starts with a K. I think it's either Wells or Walls. I think it's Wells. I'm I'm looking it up. But I mean, man, Hooks have a has a has a gift uh, in a running back right now. Um, as as well uh, as a. Uh, I will say that's one of the the better Hooks teams I've seen in a long time. Yeah, it's like I said, I haven't I haven't seen Hooks since Pittsburgh scrimmage used to scrimmage him. Way back when I was in school, and that's been a while. Uh, and so this is that was my first time seeing them in years, and um, I was impressed. You know, I, I was impressed. You know, from with offense and defense. Ke- Keyshawn Walls is Keyshawn. That yeah, okay. He's I did a something. junior. Like they listed six foot one ninety five. He's wow. a load. You're, you're not a, bringing him down. He's, he's a, a junior. He's a junior. Wow, so you got to deal with him one more one year. One more year. I, and, hey, listen, that kid is a load to try and bring down. Man, and, and you ain't, like you said, you ain't catching him once he breaks loose. No, he he's one of those. He's a power back and a speed back. He's, he's both in one because yeah. he can power through you know, a, a short situation. Uh, he can power through for you, but... But if you get him in open space, you're not running that kid down. He's no. just he's he's really really good. Hey, if you're hooks, you know you you now you've put yourself in a position to be the probably the the second best team in that district behind Decab. I would expect, but I I would expect that that's going to be a good ball game. I I I could see them giving Decab a ball game. Yeah, um, playing for that district championship. There's nothing to hang your your head about, and, and you know. We may hear some noise from Hooks in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I'd have to look at kind of where they would match up. But, but I mean, they, they've got some talented boys. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely give them that. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, that that was, uh, you know, the game that we covered. Uh, and when I say this next score, we'll talk about the football. I want to dive into, we're, we're going to get a little controversial here. <laughs> it's okay. It's our show. You know, it is what it is. Um, and, and I'm not gonna bash anybody at all. I'm not, I, I, I want to preface what I'm about to talk about here, but there's some serious things that need to happen in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, uh, lost to Anna. It was Anna's homecoming. Pittsburgh fell 47 to 12. Now, I said this to you Friday night. We we you know everybody talk like everybody talks as if they assume that Pittsburgh's just gonna roll North Lamar. North Lamar won their ball game. Of course, it was over Willis Point, but North Lamar won that game forty eight seven. North Lamar has been competitive even in the games that they've lost. I I don't think that Pittsburgh's in a position to assume that they're gonna beat anybody. You may be looking at a one and nine or an zero and ten season. And if that happens, wh- who does the, where does the blame go this time? That's my question. Where, where this time? You know, you you got rid of 
Brad Baca. You, you know, you got rid of that toxic situation, which if everybody knew the in, ins and outs of that deal, I mean, there was a lot to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't want to burn any sources there, so we, we won't dive into that. But I will say there was a lot more to that than a lot of people knew. But you, so you got rid of that, that toxic work environment, that toxic field house environment. You know, you you had that that bunch last year that that had to endure all of that, especially you know on the brunt end of that junior year. Yeah. So everybody thought, okay, kind of see what they can do. Then then they kind of bought in, you know, and, yeah. and they go on that roll, and they're the scariest. Whatever, what was it, four and eight team yeah. in the state, you know? And I thought, hey, you know, you've got something to build off of. You had all of these expectations coming in this year. They were kind of the quiet Cinderella story. I mean, like the quiet dark horse. Yeah. Like, hey, they may be the one that comes in and makes a lot of noise. And, and it was kind of odd to me that it was so quiet because I'm thinking, why? I mean, they, they had every chance to be. Uh, Quinlan Ford. Mm-hmm. Then you go into that. They were going to beat Pleasant Grove. You were going to have another showdown with Gilmer, and Gilmer didn't want to play them. I mean, then you're headed to state. You, yeah, you had a legitimate chance all of a sudden, and so I'm thinking, what is the deal? And 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 there, you know, Dave Campbell's kind of had them as that outlying team that might could could really do something. There was kind of this sense right within the community. Among some of the coaches, even that that hey, we've got a chance to really do something here, and then you come out and you fall flat on your face. I, and th- this is what I will say about that, because you're right. I mean, we had that conversation last year was different in the, in the sense that there was some fire burning, there was some some build up, there was something brewing within that team that had to be let out. And once they got, and we we, had, we were saying this last year in uh, season, once they got that first win, yeah, it was like a pit bull getting to taste the blood for the first time. <laughs> like, hey, I like this day. Yeah, Let's we had, one. And that's what happened with Pittsburgh. There was something brewing in them that had to come out, and when it came out, it came out. Yeah. And I believe that what happened was that fire was, it, it was definitely there. And in Quinlan Ford game, the only reason why they didn't win that Quinlan Ford game that game is because it wasn't anything that the team played as hard as they could. Now they may have had maybe one mistakes, but it wasn't game costing mistakes. No. Um, but mostly it was the officials. Uh, it was a bad marker on Quinlan Ford that, oh, that gave them a first down. And we're not trying to be homers here, but we were at that game. It just is what it is. There was some home cooking on the officiating side. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, and, and I will say the lack of special teams last year killed Pittsburgh late yeah. in that ball game. Yeah. The, the lack of the confidence that, hey, we can just kick it from here and we're going to win this ball game. Right, right. Forced you to have to go for it. You couldn't clock the ball. I mean, just kind of yeah. one of those things that fell apart there at the end. But I, I say, and you, you're you totally right. And this is the thing that's, that still scary and kind of lingers is had Pittsburgh had won that game, they'd go on to beat, like you said, they go on to get, uh, beat Pleasant Grove. There was no doubt about that. They, they were going to win that ball. Yeah. And Pleasant Pist- Grove's big back wasn't playing. I mean, it, it just, yeah. they were going to win that game. And then, you know, Gilmer would have been another showdown. I think ultimately uh, Pittsburgh would have came out on top. Gilmer did not want to play that no, game. No, because the, the, the Pittsburgh Gilmer would have got in the playoffs is a more, was a more refined, tough. Resilient football. Yes. And Gilmer didn't. 
They could barely handle him the, handle him the first game, but to see yeah, them, that was an officiating deal in that game. Yeah, where where uh, Pittsburgh recovers a fumble. Yeah, and they give the ball back to Gilmer. Yeah, it's so to to say that to 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 make this short is there was a fire that was started last year, and it was it was a fire that was started within the community. And it was a fire that was expected to happen and to be carried on this season. And now it's like, you know, after my the, the loss against my Pleasant, you know, we were thinking, oh, you know, okay. But you started that game by fumbling the ball yes, right out the gate. And, you know, like you said, we're not bashing. But it's stuff like that, and you that happens. You can say, okay, it's, it's just the first game that happens. But no, when you consistently do it, over and over again. Yes. And it doesn't get better. That's a problem. Yeah. And and I'm going to say, I'm tired of hearing, oh, he's got his quarterback. Yeah. Well, You're not winning games. The kid may be good, but he doesn't have his quarterback. No. He has a, a kid who could be a quarterback. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, I, I think that everything that happened last year really should have stayed in last year. Last well, everything that happened last season should have stayed in last season because that was a group, different group of boys. Um, you and, you caught lightning in a bottle there at the end of the year. Yeah, you have a different group this year. Okay, but this and, this goes back to my deal. And and again, I'm not. It's just facts. That hire was made from what we were told. That hire was made because they, the thought process was, we don't want a coach to come in and just win state the first couple of years. We want a coach that will build a program. Yeah. Well, how do you go from that to now he can't even build a program? Yeah. Well, you know, they went 0-5 in pre-district last year as well, but it was different last year. You know, last year after they went on five, there was still some hope that like they can do good in district. But now it's like, I don't see any hope, man. I don't, even with North Lamar, you know, North Lamar is supposed to be the down bad uh, team in the district. But everybody in Pittsburgh's district has won, a, won at least two games. Mm-hmm. You know, Pittsburgh hasn't won any. And so it, it makes you wonder, are they even going to last through district? But like I said, last year's team was, was different than this year's team because this year's team, the class that's there, athletic-wise, athletic I don't know if they have it. That toughness, um, they don't have. You know, it's... It's like they want to win, but they don't. They really don't know how to win, you know, mm-hmm. or they can't win. It's it's a it's a weird situation, and it this is the first time in a long time where I don't see any hope going into district, not even with North Lamar. Um, like I said. Me being a hometown guy, I do wish them the wish them the best in a good district. But as of right now, man, I don't see any any hope. And 
it's it's like I said, it's a lot of questions that have to be asked unanswered. Okay, so I, I'm gonna keep talking about this because I'm gonna do some research real quick. I'm gonna try and find because I'm interested to know was the was the I know that they renewed him because he was on a one year contract. Yes. So they renewed him for this year. Did they give him a two year deal? I believe so. I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not totally sure. Because it's a so public take, record thing. I should be able to yeah. find out. But even with that, you hire him because you say, okay, we want to build culture. We want to build a team that has culture. And this is what I said. Because at first, I'm like, yeah, okay, I get that. You don't want to just start up. You, you don't want to win. Just come in and go to state and win or whatever. You don't want that. You want a coach that's going to help bring culture and build a program. Okay. I get that. But after looking and seeing these other teams, Mount Vernon, for instance, had Art Browse. Art Browse comes in, leads them all the way to the semifinals that first year. Uh, comes in uh, the, the second year, does the same thing. And, oh no, was it State? Uh, semifinals. Semifinals. Okay. The semifinals again, they fall short. You get a coach like that and you say, okay, we just want to win. I've come to learn that, yes, you can build culture, but even it doesn't matter on the coach. It matters with the team. Just I mean, just as much. Because you, you could have hired somebody and said, we just want to win. Believe me, if a team starts winning, that's going to build some culture on its own. Because look at Mount Vernon right now. Yeah. Art Browse isn't there. But yeah, yeah, they did retain his offensive, offensive coordinator that coached with him at uh, Baylor. Yeah. But still. That culture is still there. That that idea that he put it in their brains, we can win football. Games. Yes. Because when you have a team that's down bad like that, that's been down bad for years, and you come in and you build... You, they went from being everybody's homecoming. Yeah. To, you know, and you get a team like that. But that culture builds itself. You don't necessarily need a coach to build a culture. You need a coach that's going to help you win. And that once that team, like I said, once a team gets that's been losing for a long time, you take, look at Grace Community over what, what Tim Russell is. Man, that team, now they're going from being 0 for nothing, 0 for whatever, and five and zero, oh, and he just beat Spring, uh, Spring Hill forty to twenty one. They're they're ready to make him king ten. So yeah, so you take <laughs> you take somebody like that. Now he's a great coach, but you take those wins, and that culture is already building itself. Yeah, you don't you don't need to just always slow roast it, you know, but. <laughs> I just I don't at this point I don't get the philosophy philosophy behind that the hiring because you wanted to build a culture. Yeah, it's not it's nothing against Coach Abram as a person, and it's nothing against him as a football coach. I respect that guy more than than some people will ever know, Uh, and I respect him more than a lot of coaches I've come into contact with in my years of being around football, high school football. Uh, I I think that he he always has the kids' best interest at heart. But but it, it just brings that's what I I would love for somebody and we'll never get anybody to do it. I want somebody to answer the question 
what was it like in those meetings when you're looking at some of these guys that we know some names got leaked that were on that list, and I've confirmed that they were on that list. It's not a question of, oh, some they were just popping off around town. No, I have some confirmed, and you do too, yeah. there were some confirmed names of applicants or at least people that were interested, and you told them no in the name of building a culture. But how is it going... You know, four and eight, okay, I got it. I could see it. And then you, now you may go one and nine, you may go zero oh and ten, you know, probably two and eight at best, whatever. Are you kidding? Like, how, how I, I want to know how they're going to justify this. How do you justify this to the community? How do you, and what? where's your next move? If he leaves, what are you going to do? Who's going to want the job then? Because you you got a guy who was coming off, uh, he had gone to Mahia, taking them back to the playoffs. The year before that, he had taken Paul Pitt to the state championship game. I mean, he, he, he had all of this momentum, all of this hype coming into this job that he can't get you turned around the way that you would like. What? Where do you go from here? Who's going to be interested? I mean, I, it's going to be purely a money job because the yeah. money's that Well, supposedly the money's there. Well... I say this, just after thinking about it. This is the first coach that Pittsburgh has had that didn't walk into talent. So you look at Robert Manley back in 07. You had Kendall Wright mm-hmm. uh, amongst others. Uh, talented receivers, talented running back, talented offensive line, talented defense. Robert Manley walked into talent. Yes, and not just that team, but that following team as well as you know, as well you know, in the '09 season that you know he took to the semifinals, you know, mm-hmm. and then the year after that was a talented team, almost beat Scarthage, almost beat Gilmer. Gilmer that year goes on to uh, state, I believe. Um, see so what year was that? No, no, that was no, that was the year after in '11. That was '11. You yeah. had a talented team there. Um. And then the year after that class, you had a talented team there. That's the year Gilmer, uh, they almost beat uh, Carthage and Gilmer. That's the year Gilmer goes to uh, state. That's in yeah. 11. I believe Gilmer goes to state in 11. And, and lost. Yes. To Westford Stark. Yeah. And so you have that team. And then you have my class, and that's when it starts to go down. But then you have the class under us that's talented as well. Mm-hmm. So that's when Dickie Meeks comes in. Dickie Meeks kind of fixes it, builds it his way. Now Pittsburgh's up, back it up, back up and rolling. Goes to playoffs two years in a row. Uh, then he leaves. In steps uh, Brad Baca. He walks into a very talented team. Very talented team. Uh, no question in my mind that if Coach Meeks had stayed. Now, so this goes back to... There needs to be a discussion about what does the town want. Because you, from all accounts, you asked Coach Meeks to step away for some things off the field. Yeah. Had nothing to do with his own field stuff. He's winning ball games. But you ask him to step away for, for reasons off the field. He goes about where and he promptly takes them to the playoffs. Yeah. Again. Second um, <laughs> so stint there and he, again, resurrects that program. Um, but you had an you had a state championship coach 
with state championship caliber players coming up. And the, the whole deal was we don't want to waste that. Well, you did. You squandered it. You know, you, you, for whatever reason, you squander that. Uh, then, you know, you're, you're in the, what was it, the quarterfinal game with Pleasant Grove. Wasn't that the state quarterfinal game? Regional. Regional final game. So, yeah. So, so the, the regional final game. Have every chance to win that ball game. Mm-hmm. But you're doing it with, like you said, with Coach Meeks' talent. Now, whether he's, you know, do you win that with him there? Maybe, maybe you do, maybe you don't, you know. Yeah. One coach doesn't make the difference on an off uh, offsides penalty on an onside kick that may or may not have even happened. But my point is there needs to be some hard conversation about what do you want. That And this is what Pittsburgh's third coach Paco's there for four years. Yes. Uh, Beeks was there for two. Manny was there for four. Beeks there for two. Or maybe Manny was there for four or five. Uh, Beeks there for two. And then uh, Paco for four. And this is uh, Abram's second season. So you look at how many coaches Pittsburgh has went through. And Meeks was the only other outside. Uh, Outside of uh, Abron was the only state caliber coach that Pittsburgh ha- has had. So yeah. that is a very good question: is what do you what do they want and what are they looking for in a coach? Because you had a state caliber coach, and given his outside issues, different story. But like you said on the field, he was winning, and he had coached up a good group of boys. Mm-hmm. You know that Baca just walked into for three years. You know. Yes. And so, like I said before, this is the first team that, uh, for a first coach that Abram has walked in and had to kind of rebuild himself. Mm-hmm. And given this senior class, this is the last class of Baca. I, I, okay, I, but how long of a leash do you give him? Because here's my argument, and this has nothing to do with sports. It's just because of inside knowledge that we have. There's all of this pressure on every other, you know, person involved here. So my question is, and again, I like the guy, but how long of a leash do you give this guy? Hmm. That's a good question. There seems to, I don't know what everybody else is thinking in the community. Um, I don't know what, like, I don't know everybody else's thoughts. My thoughts are my thoughts, and their thoughts are their thoughts. My thoughts are... So I'm, I'm not able to pull up... I can read the board minutes, but it doesn't list what they've done contract-wise, so I don't know. I, my, my thoughts are... You have a team who... They're good, but they're young. But that doesn't account for the the... the simple mistakes that they're making. Uh, because the mistakes that they're making... So just from the football side, yeah. they're not tackling. Yeah, you're not the tackling. The secondary is not very good. You can't hardly block it a single solitary solo yeah. on the offensive and so line. These, and th- so these are all the basics. 
that you have to do to win ball games. Yes, and and that's what I'm saying. It has nothing to do with them being young, uh, though they are young. But it, this at what they're doing is nothing about them being young. This is about them not being able to execute the basic stuff, the basic fundamentals, uh, tackling, blocking, um, covering. And if you're listening to this and you're from Pittsburgh, get on one of our pages, the Instagram or the twi- wherever they can interact. Uh, we're, TikTok, we're, uh, TikTok, uh, maybe uh, Facebook, uh, Facebook as well. Wherever, let us kind of know what you think. Yeah, uh, because we're listen. We're not Homer. We're here for the stories. Yeah, and and I'm not doing this because I know the people. There's a story right now in Pittsburgh in my mind. There, there's something to this, and as reporters and as sports show hosts and as people who who give our our. Uh, analysis of situations, we got to look at the story, and there's a story right now about what do you do, and how long do you let this go on, and what's the next steps for, for that program? Yeah, because I've always said since the beginning that Abram isn't a guy that just put all his stuff out there to let everybody know, and that's that's fine, but at the same time, there's answers that has to be answered. There's questions that have to be, there's, there's questions that have to be asked. From top to bottom. Yeah, and answers that have to be answered. And so, a question that had to be asked and answered. So, what what do you what do we expect? You know, from a team like this, moving forward. Uh, what do we expect from a coaching staff like this, mm-hmm. moving forward? And so, I, I like Abram, like he's a great great coach, and it could be give him because this is his second year. This is his second year. I don't or think second, you fi- or second season. You don't fire him after this year. My no. question, though, for him is: Do you start looking? Because you passed up going back to your alma mater. You passed up that job. Yeah. So I mean, if you get another phone call, that this may be the last year that you get phone calls. Yeah. You. <laughs> but it's a, you, you know you got to go while you're a hot commodity. Yeah, and you know I agree, but. I don't know what else to say on Pittsburgh, man. It's it's like I told you Friday. It, it's gotten to the point. I thought, you, know, you you started to give me the update on the game. I'm like, don't give me any updates on that game. You know, I didn't look at it until we left that stadium Friday night. You know, to figure out whether they won or lost. Yeah. Uh, you know, because being being a hometown guy, you know, it's it it, it pings me to see this happening. It's mm-hmm. not a good look. Because it's just like I said, everybody, the town was on fire. Yes, we got a a, a a football team with great potential to win, and you know we were on fire. Let's go, let's go do this. Yeah. But now it's like you know, it's a kind of a a letdown. And I know people will be like, "Oh, it's just a pre district. Those games doesn't count." But you look at those games. They're not and, even. Cl- you're not in ball games. Yeah, that's no. my problem is that you're not even competitive. You're not in those ball games. No, at, at all. And I, I wonder, and I asked this question as well. Does he ever do that again? Does no. he ever schedule those caliber of teams no, again? No, you can't because you can't lose. Like you had the embarrassing loss at home to Carthage, where it wasn't even. I mean, it looked like you didn't even have a team out there. Uh, you lost to Frisco Memorial at home. You, you've lost too many home games. 
And the thing about Texas high school football especially, it's, it's any of them, but especially in Texas high school football, you can't lose in front of the home people because they're the ones that go to the board meetings. They're the ones that make complaints. That's where all of your 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 uh, athletic boosters are going to show up every every Friday. You know, so you you just can't. There's certain games you can't play at home. And the problem was that he played the biggest of all at home. Yeah, I mean he he played the big fish right out the gate. He's got Gilmer at home. Uh, I mean, yeah. you, you've got some of the bigger games at your place, and you've got to at least be competitive in those ball games. And up until this point, you haven't been. Now again, you've got North Lamar for homecoming, but if you're Pittsburgh, don't assume anything. Like there shouldn't be an assumption about any game that's played from from this point forward. I think that's a story that we're going to keep following. I mean, obviously we'll keep reporting on the football side. But I think that more and more as the season goes on, if it doesn't correct itself, there will be more and more to this story. You know, there will be more and more questions. There will be people, I think, I think you'll start seeing people leak some information. Uh, because that just tends to happen. The tighter that the bottle gets squeezed, uh, the more that seems to leak out of the situation. Yeah. Uh, so, so be looking for that. We've already discussed, you know, Spring Hill lost to Grace Community, uh, forty to twenty-one. Trying to learn that new offense, so we'll see. Uh, Pleasant Grove beat Paris thirty to fourteen, and Liberty Island loses to Sulphur Springs twenty-four to six. And as we said, North Lamar beats Wills Point forty-eight to seven. So that district, that back half, is still up for grabs. But if you're, like I say, if you're Pittsburgh, you, you're going to have to get this ship turned around, you know, to, to get those last two playoff spots. If not, I would say it probably comes down to Spring Hill and, you know, Liberty Island for third and fourth in that district as it stands right now. Yeah. I, I mean, that, that, that's just the way it looks to be shaping up. Um, see, uh, Longview gets a little bit of a scare uh, as they beat Lancaster 21-13 in what was probably the district championship in their district, but they mm-hmm. had a little bit of a scare at home. You know, at some point you knew they were going to be tested, but if you're Coach King, you want to be tested now so that you can get right. your boys ready for the right. playoffs. You know, and teach them, hey, they're not just going to roll over and take it every Friday night. You're going to have to go out there and play, so I think that's a good good test for you. And it's a good, Lancaster's a very good football team, and you went toe-to-toe and you come out on top. Uh, probably securing first place in your district, 21-13. And Carthage, of course, rolls Bullard on homecoming, 56-7. Uh, you know, hey, that's that's just, it is what it we is. We shouldn't even point. report Carthage. We are, I mean, hey, I do get... it because it's so just <laughs> remarkable. Like, yeah. Carthage just does things that... Unless somebody upsets man. them, like China Springs did last year, I... <laughs> but you got to because people from Carthage listen to the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. All right. So the week coming up, uh, you've got Dangerfield versus Hugh Springs. We'll be at that ball game. Look for Dangerfield to bounce back. Coming off the bye week, they lose to two very good teams. They lose to the best two A team I've ever seen. Yeah. And Timpson, the best two A team that a lot of people have ever seen in Timpson. They lose to a very good center team. Uh, late in that ball game, just kind of run out of bodies, run out of steam there. So look for them to bounce back in their district opener versus Hugh Springs at home. Again, we'll we'll be covering that game. 
So look for highlights, analysis uh, of, of that on Friday. Then you've got Paul Pewitt going to Redwater, trying to bounce back. You gotta win that ball game. Yeah, that's that's a that, that's a must-win must ball yeah. game uh, if you're looking at uh, playoffs uh, positioning. Uh, then you've got Carthage versus Canton. Poor Canton. I mean, at this point, just poor souls have to play Carthage right now. Same fair, man. It's like they're gonna run through that district like yeah. like a hot knife but through see, a butter. Remember road. a couple of years ago, back in 2020, this was the argument amongst districts as whether Carthage should really be allowed in the 4A district. But it's it's it was. But by the numbers, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's something else. So so I want to touch on that just for a moment, while you, since you brought it up. That's something else about Pewitt that I found interesting. So. Uh, talking to a guy who's connected with all that, he said that they were three over the count from dropping down to two A Division One last year. Wow! On the day of the count, they were three over. The first day of school, they were eight under. What happened? People just moved yeah, out. P- kids moving out of the district. They're eight under. They should be a two A Division One team. Wow! But see, that's how numbers work. You just because. That's In these the, small towns, they fluctuate sometimes. That's why I don't agree. I know you got to do it for scheduling purposes, but it's kind of hard sometimes on those schools that are right on, like a, like a Pewitt. You're three, you're right on that bubble. Yeah. You know, a kid moves out here, a kid moves out there over the summer, and you start football season behind the eight ball. Like, you don't have the numbers. Um but I, but I did find that, I, I meant to bring that up, I found that interesting. He told me, he said, yeah, he said, we should be in 2A Division One. I. I said, really? I said, I knew y'all were pretty close. He said, yeah, he said, you know, we were three over, which I knew about that. But what I didn't know until he told me was that the first day of school, they looked at the numbers, they were eight under. And they can't go back and change it. Yeah, you I mean, can't go back and change that. If you're, I, It was too late. Yeah. So, so there is an appeals process to all of that. But it has to happen, I think, within the first... Two weeks to a month after realignment, well, the it didn't happen until like they didn't look at the numbers again until right as today's we're getting going and school starting and yeah. I mean it's just too late. You can't redo the schedule. Dang. So poor Pewitt. I mean, and then that raises questions for like next season. What if you lose more? I I mean I don't know. I just found that interesting. Um, you got Kilgore playing at Jacksonville. I think. I could be wrong. This may just be the first or second game with the new Tomato Bowl. This may—I I don't remember if they because they announced that last week. I think last week may have been the first game with the new, the renovated Tomato Bowl over in Jacksonville. So that's—I mean, just kind of for historical purposes. I, I look for Kilgore to win that game. They won last week. Uh, probably, you know, now you're back in your district. Now it's time yeah. to, to do what you're going to do there. Uh, if you're Kilgore. A team that has gone cold, and I'm uh, I'm gonna look up there. I meant to write down who they are playing, but a team that has lost steam as far as any coverage is Tyler Chapel Hill. Like, we, yeah, you're right. They they've kind of become like a. They went from oh they they're just gonna roll to now it's kind of become an afterthought. Like they I, lost that ball game, and it I, was like you know what? Remember what we said at the beginning when they scrimmaged Pittsburgh. Is that Pittsburgh's a different story as we know right now, but remember I, we said you take you can't take that scrimmage, that one scrimmage, and feel good about it. Yeah, and say because your defense oh, they're gonna was be, terrible. Yeah, they're gonna oh they're gonna be really good. 
Chapel Hill's going to be really good. And right now, we ain't hearing nothing from him. After that loss from Gilmer, against Gilmer, we haven't heard anything from Chapel Hill. Mm-mm. And they got smoked by Gilmer. Literally. I'm not saying just because it got beat. I mean, if you look at the highlights, Gilmer smoked them. Speed all across the field. Yeah, I mean, I it's not even <laughs> close. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I mean, that may be that, that another team just like, you know, it depends on what their record may be now that you look at and say, just like Pittsburgh, the fire was there last year, but this year, you know, there was still some smoke, you know, kindling somewhere. There was smoke. I don't know if the fire was there. I, 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 it's just weird to me that, I mean, they went from like a, again, a preseason darling, like a can't miss team. Yeah, and it's like. And everybody's just kind of falling out of love with them. Let's <laughs> see here. I'm, I'm, I'm pulling it up. Because I don't remember. And we could be wrong. Here. We could be wrong. I'm not. They're two and two. Two and two. You lost to Gilmer and you lost to Van. Back to back. Then you beat Greenfield. whoop de doo You beat Nacogdoches. They were off this week. I, I knew that I didn't hear a score. Okay, okay, so they were off this past week. Uh, you start, I believe that's the start of district, maybe, for them. Yeah. Their first district game coming up against Palestine, who's also two and two this week. What we'll to kind of keep an eye on that? Yeah. Because you're in the district, you're not going to be. I mean, the way it's set up now, you're probably not winning that district. You got Kilbourne Lindale in that district. I don't know that you're beating those teams. That's interesting. Yeah, I. I ain't a fan of Chapel Hill, but but I mean, it's, it's, it's good. Just, that, it's rare that it, they that a team just drops off the map like that. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it until you had just said anything. Uh, but well, Kilgore made me think of it because I thought they were in that district. Yeah. Uh, but Kilgore's a you know good team. Um, still ranked. I think they're still ranked. Aren't yeah, they? they're still ranked. Yeah. I believe. Uh, good team. So, uh, but Chapel, against Chapel Hill, they should be. That's later on in district. So yeah. I we'll have to keep up with that. Uh, all right, moving on to college football. <laughs> wow. Just some, wow. Some, once again. Some upsets. But, okay, at this point, so, again, I was bouncing between, like, three or four games at a time this weekend, a lot of football. (laughs) But at this point, are they really upsets? Or is this the year of parity in college football? That's a good question. Well, it's just like I said earlier, before the show, is that we may be seeing the early 2000s. So when teams like Marshall, teams like Wake Forest, App State, and uh, even Arkansas, you know, well they dominated. You know, they were really good. We may be seeing that again, mm-hmm. and, and and Texas now, we may be seeing that kind of stuff starting to happen again. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I ain't gonna just be like, you know, this sucks because the the. These small, you know, kind of, I ain't going to say no-name schools, but these schools that don't get a lot of attention, they're starting to blow through these big schools. Like, I, I'm not going to say it's a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. I think it adds some, I don't know. some, some Maybe. spice to it, man. But this goes back to you had all those kids leave the bigger, some of the bigger schools for 
smaller NIL deals. Where is the money? <laughs> I'm going to rant about this until somebody shows me the stinking money. It's ridiculous. I think the money may be under the table, man. <laughs> but it's, it's not on the table. Yeah, exactly. So the whole deal was, it was all going to be above board. Yeah. Where's the money? I, I, I just... So let, let's dive into some of the scores. Georgia beats Kent State 39-22. 22 points is the most points that Georgia's given up all year long. That's far, yeah. So they kind of struggled there for a minute. They pull away late in that ball game. But Kent uh, State, who beat Kent State earlier this in it? Let's see. Someone here. blew through Kent State. No, Kent State beat, uh, was it Baylor? Yes. Yeah. I believe so. Yeah. Um. Let me, I'm, I'm going to confirm that here. Yeah, I, th- I think it was. No, BYU beat Baylor. Yeah, BYU beat Baylor. Who Let's did Kent State beat? I'm pulling up their schedule now. But, I mean, that was kind of a shocker. Oh, I was kind of... Uh, let's see. I was kind of keeping up with that. I didn't get to watch that ball game. I was keeping up with the scores. I was watching some of the other games. Yeah. And that was one of those that... Uh, Kent State has not beat anybody. Who did they play? Did okay, they they've lost... Okay, yeah. Let's see here. So... They've lost to, or they they lost to Washington forty five twenty. Okay. They lost to Oklahoma thirty three to three. That's the one. They lost to, or they beat. I'm sorry, they did beat uh, LIU sixty three to ten, and then they just lost thirty nine twenty two. Okay. So you just kind of come out of nowhere. Yeah. And so kids, that that's the game I had seen when they played Oklahoma, and they kind of gave Oklahoma a battle until like second quarter. Yeah, and then they, they kind of yeah. went sour for them. But, I mean, you come out, you battle the number one team in the country and keep it close. Yeah. Um, 39-22. Alabama just demolished Vanderbilt 55-3. to <laughs> uh, Not even close. Ohio State beat Wisconsin 52-21. That was another game. I didn't get to watch it, but as I was keeping up, I mean, it kind of was close, and then Ohio State pulled away in the second yeah. half. Ohio State has found their rhythm on offense. I mean, now they're starting yeah. to put up some, some points. Yeah, man. Uh, I don't know. I don't have much to say about Wisconsin. Um, I what don't a what terrible this? place to play. I, I like that's a cold, like you think about Wisconsin, you think about cheese, and you think about cold weather, like yeah. constantly cold. It's the weather. ice box, man, it's the fridge. But kids go there all the time to play football, yeah. and and we've seen them. Have, Wisconsin in the past has had some tough football teams. Yeah, they they're they're one of those that for a, a little while, you know, they were kind of on the periphery of the college football playoff. Yeah, them, talk. them in Nebraska, they've just dropped here lately, man. Uh, but. I still, I still, you know, we talked about this uh, a couple of days ago. I still want to go to one of their games just to go. Yeah, I, just to go to Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. So, or, or Nebraska, was it Nebraska or Wisconsin? You want? Uh, either one. Either one. Yeah. yeah. So Michigan beat Maryland. I did get to watch that ball game, thirty-four twenty-seven. Let me tell you what, Blake Corum is the running back for Michigan. That kid <laughs> is good. Now Michigan's gonna have to figure out. Some things kind of going back and forth with their quarterback situation. But as far as being able to run the football, they will run it up. They'll get the pistol. They'll get the eye. They'll do whatever they got to do. They ran a couple of split back uh, veer plays. I mean, they will do what they got to do to just mash on you up front. That is a very well-coached football team. Like, you can tell that that is, if, if, if you could 
turn Jim Harbaugh into a football team. Like that's that <laughs> he's got it this year. Well, I mean, you look at what he did over in uh, San Francisco. Yeah. That Super Bowl team when he played against his brother uh-huh. against the Ravens. Uh, you, you look at that team. So close to what the yeah, Super Bowl. and he well he knows how to build how to build a team. And it's like you said, teams are reflections of their coaching, and so for the most part, I mean, and he's coached Michigan, you know, to the point where they're starting to embody. Yeah, him. embody. That's a tough team. I mean. Goodness, I I don't know. I didn't oh, see that man. game. But I can say for Jim Harbaugh and from his track record, I don't see anything less of Michigan right now. Mm. I just I can't say anything less of them. Uh, other than well, the, the quarterback situation, but they're a good team, you know, building and going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that And like I said, that uh, Blake Corum kid, he's something special. <laughs> He, he really is. I mean, they, they again couldn't catch him in open space. <laughs> um, who do we, who do we uh have? Let's see. I want to talk about the Texas game. Well, well, I've got some other scores. Okay. So you got Clemson, uh, beating Wake Forest in <sighs> overtime, fifty-one to forty-five. Oof. I watched that game, too. So, I, you know, we talked about Clemson a couple of weeks ago and uh, Dabo Sweeney and why they were ranked the way they were ranked. Um, Clemson, I, now, they could be making a comeback. They could be that old Clemson back when, you know, Trevor Lawrence was there and uh, Deshaun Watson. They could be becoming that Clemson again. Mm-hmm. They could be making their comeback. Uh, no, I watched them. They're not. They're not? You don't think they're, so? No. They're not they're, close. No, so it not is what to we, those teams. Like they're they're a good football team, but they're not like those teams. Not even close. Okay, uh, so it is what we expected then. Uh, uh, Ugo, not Laley. Ugo Laley. the quarterback. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. If you're a Clemson fan, I can't. <laughs> Something. I'll, anyways, you know who I'm talking about. Your quarterback uh, is nowhere near to like the Deshaun Watson no. type quarterback. He's not a Trevor Lawrence. Like there, there's some. There is a noticeable fault. Like those teams were dominant football teams. Yeah. You don't get the sense that this football, that this Clemson team's a dominant team. Yeah. Like they may make it uh, into the playoffs because it. So I was. We were talking about this on the way over here to record the show. You're gonna have. So you think about this. You're probably gonna have Georgia and Alabama for the SEC title. Mm-hmm. Well, you're going to have them before, and then you're going to turn around. So, you may have one-loss teams there. Okay? Then you're going to have Ohio State play Michigan at some point. Somebody's going to get a loss there. You may have two one-loss teams, maybe three, potentially, one-loss teams in the the college football playoffs. But what if? Now, but having said that, that may be the saving grace for Clemson. Yeah. Because if, if Clemson wins the ACC with no losses, that's yeah. But then who do you put? I and this is it's way too early. We haven't. Well, I'd say it's way too early. It, it kind of is because those teams haven't played each other. But I'm just looking at it right now. 
That'll be interesting to <laughs> yeah. see how that's going to be handled. But I go back to I think that that Clemson gets votes because of Dabo. It's not because that football team's very good. It's that everybody. I mean, Dabo is the darling dude. I don't know. I would like. I guess I would like to meet him one day to see what everybody's so raved up about him. Oh, he's a he's a great guy. Uh, Coach Russell, you know, uh, went and spoke for him a few years back, mm-hmm. uh, right after they won the national championship, and. Uh, he and Coach Russell are good friends, and, and Coach Russell said, I mean, everything you think he is, he's a very genuine guy. He loves the kids, uh, loves the community. He would fit right into a high school, a Texas high school football program. Oh, that's great. I mean, just with his personality and the way he yeah. does things, uh, just a great guy. But, I mean, this is a national stage. we got to have the – but, you know, they could – I could see them, if they win the ACC, go undefeated – which is not a given, but I'm just saying if they do, yeah, I, they may make it. So a, a sneaky team that I've been kind of keeping up with and finally got to watch a little bit, just snippets of their ball game in and out, was Kentucky. So they beat Northern Illinois. Uh, coach Bob Stoops' brother Mark is the head coach there. He's now become the winningest head coach. I'm going I'm to do a little trivia with you. Who do you think was the winningest head coach in Kentucky football history? Prior to Coach Mark Stoops, I have no clue. Let me just take a guess. I don't know. I don't because I I haven't keep kept up with uh, Kentucky football. Bear Bryant. Bear Bryant. Where was that was the head coach at Alabama. Uh, Before he went to Alabama, he was at Kentucky. He was the winningest football mean- <laughs> coach in Kentucky history, right? So now Coach Stoops has surpassed him there just because wow. of length of time and whatnot. But doing a good job. And now all of a sudden they're getting some, some national recognition. They're undefeated right now over there. They're also an SEC team. That offense is pretty good. So I was kind of wondering, okay, is it scheduled? What's the deal there? But I, I watched a little bit of they They've got a good, strong offensive line. Quarterback play was pretty good. You've got a running back. Th- I mean, like, you've got some pieces there. Like, I'm, I'm looking and I'm going, you know, Kentucky's known for their basketball. But my goodness, they're... They're uh, playing some football right now. Yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, that's just, you know, it's good coming up for uh, Kentucky. Now, the interesting part is, now, they've had players in these last couple of years, good players. Uh, and so, it, it's not it's not a shocker. It's not a shocker. Uh, they've just always been able to give some teams to run for their money, so. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, that's just a sneaky, like, if you're, Flipping through channels on a Saturday and you see a Kentucky football game, take it in. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. A&M beats Arkansas, upsets Arkansas. Arkansas came in as, I think, the number 10 team in the country. Uh, coming into that ball game, A&M beats Arkansas 23-21 to at Cowboys Stadium. And that was a packed stadium. I texted you. I said, listen, yeah. there's, there's more fans at that game than there are some of the Cowboys <laughs> games right now. But uh, they beat Arkansas 23-21. Now... So that knocks off any chance, in my mind, that Arkansas had to be a sneaky playoff contender for the top four. Now, in a couple of years when we expand the playoffs, then it's probably a different conversation. Yeah. But just with the current format, I think that that's probably going to preclude them from that. But that also raises some questions about Texas A&M. I mean, your defense is pretty good. You've changed out quarterbacks. Haynes King no longer the starter there. Change that quarterbacks. You you put up some points. You Jimbo uh, Fisher probably saved his job Saturday because I think there was about to be some real tough conversations about him. 
the, if he had lost that ball yeah. game. So, I mean, I, it, it's like, at some point, somebody's probably going to ask Texas A&M, like, what kind of a football team are you? It's kind of hard to gauge them right now. Yeah. Now, sadly for Jimbo, he's got to go into Tuscaloosa and play Alabama. I don't see that ending very well for him. Oh, and, and how about Jimbo? So I told you this prior to that game. Jimbo, like, starts softening the blow, trying to make it out like, we might lose this game to Arkansas. Like, just expect it. He went from trash-talking the number one team, team in the country, the number one coach in history, to, well, now let's just kind of soften the blow for everybody in case Arkansas beats us, which is a whole different conversation. Yeah. But Jim will probably save his job Saturday. Well, it's, and here's the thing about that game. is not that... Now, that quarterback, by the way, for Arkansas... Jefferson? Oh, my goodness. That kid can play. Yeah. And that, so that's the thing. The only reason why Arkansas lost that game is because they started making, like, fumbling and stuff in the late, late in the game. Yes. And... Uh, they came out on fire. Yes. And that quarterback is outstanding. He's very athletic, physical quarterback. And once he starts running, I mean, goodness, you know, help that defense. But that's the only reason why Arkansas lost that game because they started, you know, having those kind of mistakes uh, late in the game. And uh, Arkansas, you know... Took advantage of it. I'm not Arkansas. Uh, Texas A&M took advantage of it. But Texas A&M, I'm still not sold on if they have found the answer to their, you know, their. their I'm not problem. sold on Texas A&M. Yeah. But I'm just saying, I think that Jim will probably save his job at least. Well, because for yeah, because he yeah he beat Arkansas. Yeah, you know? and you did it on a national stage on television in yeah. front of a packed house at Cowboys Stadium. Yeah. That was kind of a must-win game for him at this point. Yeah, but I will say this: I did. So, you know, we talked about, they mentioned this during the game, is, you know, they're the number one recruiting class right now. I, I will say this. I did see a little bit of that uh, on the offense. They're in their a running back. A little bit. In yeah. their running back, yeah. You know. Speaking uh, of number one recruiting class, let's talk about recruits for just a second here. Okay. Arch Manning lost Friday. How long until he's not the darling of the country? Well, was that his first loss? Of the season, but but that's not. I I want to say that I read. I I'll have to look, but I know that that's the first regular season loss he's had in quite some time. Like I I wonder how how long until we fall out of love with this kid? Because you had that one guy come out and say he wouldn't be the number one recruit if it wasn't for his name, and I gave him the benefit of the doubt that you played a really good team in the playoffs, and that's your loss. Well, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. This one loss. And once again, you know, that can't be said because he's number one recruit only because of his name and who he's related to. Kid obviously has game. He obviously has talent. He's gifted. Uh, I, I wouldn't say. All I say is keep watching. That's all, I say. That's all I'm going to say is keep watching. I mean, because you can't just, you know, one loss. And this was the thing. Okay. Uh, I think Ezekiel Elliott, when he came into the NFL, had never lost a game in his football career until he got to the NFL. Trevor Lawrence was like that, too. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence had more losses last year than he had his entire I, life. Yeah. I would rather them lose. Kyler Murray was that way up until he got to the So, I would rather them lose now. 
then wait to get up into the to next levels and started just falling apart. I want to see some. So before next show, we're gonna do some film study on him because I do want to see him. I've seen just a few clips here and there because I I I I just saw that and it you know kind of brought back to the forefront of my mind. Yeah. Well, that conversation yeah. about okay, is he really? And how do you? Uh, I, I I just don't know. <laughs> I I think he still you know he still has that chance in in the bag to to remain the number one recruit in the nation. Um, and not not because because of his name. I mean, of course he comes from a family of great athleticism and great quarterbacks, great football players. But the kid, I mean, he's carrying his his family name and he's carrying it on his own. Yeah, regardless. So, I mean, uh, uh, just something to keep up with. Uh, okay. I'll go ahead and say it now. The Big 12 is in shambles. Shambles, I say. Oklahoma lost to Kansas State 41-34. to uh, Brent Venables, do you want to go back to Clemson now? Like, are you looking around going, wait, what am I doing here? Kansas. Can't, no, not just Kansas. Kansas, Kansas State. State. Yeah, well, yeah, Kansas State. It's not the Kansas uh, Jay. Was it? No, that, not the Jayhawks. We're talking about Kansas, Kansas. State, <laughs> who fired Les Miles. Kansas State Wildcats. What yeah, are, I think that's what Bobcats, they are. Wildcats. What are the cats? Yeah, what are the cats? <laughs> and they, you know, uh, and this is the team that Les Miles went to, and then he got fired for improper relationship with. Students. Oh wow! Like, oh well. Yeah, okay, there was some reports about him about some things he did at LSU, and somebody filed a lawsuit against him. So Kansas uh-huh. State quietly asked him to walk away, like <laughs> <laughs> just just stop, man, <laughs> yeah, yeah. just stop. But so you don't even, like it's not even oh we lost to us. No, you lost to a no name school and a no name coach, and you're Oklahoma. You're supposed to be the darling of the Big Twelve. Everybody's going to the SEC next year. What are you doing? Like I said, well, Kansas State ain't never really been like a fo- a good program. I mean, yeah, it's never. But I can under- I can understand why that like, loss is an upstate. I mean, an upset. That's a big upset. Yeah, and that I mean that those teams that the, the Big Twelve run through, like Baylor and Texas. Yeah, Texas but Baylor but lost to BYU. <laughs> BYU's been an up and coming team though. Yeah, but then they went back to Earth. BYU turns around and it's lost like two <laughs> games after that. <laughs> back down there real quick. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you know. Uh, okay, let's see. Uh, so, uh, uh, another sneaky, quiet team that everybody kind of talked about because of the whole turmoil with coaching coming off the, the discussion about Oklahoma. And I didn't get to watch any of that Oklahoma game. I was I was out of pocket that evening, so I didn't get to see it. I, I would like to. Uh, but is USC. So USC, you know, everybody talking about because Lincoln Riley's going back. He's going to revive USC, and they kind of went quiet. But USC is quietly right now ranked like number seven in the country. <laughs> <laughs> quietly ranked. <laughs> like, really, that's the quietest number seven team in the country. They're not getting any national coverage. You're talking about USC. Get this. Kentucky is getting more national coverage on the football stage than USC. That's where we're at. And USC used to be that team everybody would watch on a Saturday. 
what happened and why. But I mean, for USC, I'm proud. I'm I'm happy for him. I'm happy for Coach Leakin Riley. You know, he didn't want to go to the SEC. No. He felt like his hands were tied and being forced in that situation. So he decided, you know what? I don't want to do this. You're not going to make me do what I don't want to do. I'm going to go to USC. And he's proven, like, hey, I can do what I was doing in Oklahoma and I can take it to USC. Lincoln Riley may be the smartest guy in the country right now. <laughs> so he wins. Uh, now, granted, only 17 14, but he beat Oregon State. Okay. okay. So he still maintains the number seven. He may be the smartest guy in the room. He looked around and said, not playing that schedule. Yeah. You guys have fun. Oklahoma's getting beat by Kansas State. <laughs> he may be the smartest guy in the meeting. But see, that's why I was... So, a couple of weekends ago, I was hanging out with some guys, and we were watching the games, you know? And I was... Yeah, because tell- you don't watch football with me. Yeah. <laughs> well... I'm not his that was That was when I was invited over to the Uncle Ali's house. Yeah, you the- didn't even bring me lunch. My bad, man. <laughs> <laughs> But I was so we were so we were watching the games and there was a, you know a guy that I've known while he's an Oklahoma fan so I was telling him about the Lincoln Riley situation and I was saying man Lincoln Riley like he just he just so he just left his team I like he so left. did Brian Kelly yeah. <laughs> but but see nobody nobody like faults Brian Kelly no because he got beat. Yeah. Nobody fault Brian Kelly now because it's like you got what you deserve, yeah. and then LSU got popped with more recruiting violations, so yeah. they're on like probation and all this mess from the Ed Orgeron here. So, so like that's why everybody's off his back, you know? Because yeah. like, well, you're getting what you deserved. Yeah, it also it's helps like, that Notre Dame's barely winning football games. It's like I was telling them, I said, man, he left because the board wanted to go to the SEC. He did not want to coach in the SEC, therefore he left. It was nothing against the team. He just didn't want to go to the SEC. So, he got out of there. Yeah. And you may be right. He may be the smartest guy. He's, I mean, he's building the name back up for USC. I mean, we're talking about... So, so and think, I'm just talking about just in general for his life. They bought him a house in California. He's making, like, millions of dollars in salary. They they paid off his house in Oklahoma, so he still gets to go back because he's got family over there. <laughs> They're paying for all of this. He's the smartest guy in the room right now. Yep. All everybody else is struggling, and Lincoln's going, "Ha, ah, gotcha." <laughs> I, I I just but how do you the you get less? You're at USC, and they get less national coverage right now than Kentucky. Yeah, just one of those things. Uh, Ole Miss, I did watch a, just a little bit of that game as they beat Tulsa 35-27. Lane Kiffin's doing what Lane Kiffin does. He's scoring a lot of points. I mean, it just that's Lane Kiffin for you. Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin. I like Lane Kiffin. I, I do, because he trolls everybody. Yeah, like, he's I that like guy. Him, he's the cool dad that oh, I love yeah. in front of you. You know, like, while Jimbo and Nick and Dion are all going at, hey, let's just tweet out something. See what they say yeah. about this mess. Throwing the bait out there. Just and then he laughs while everybody takes it. Yeah. Um. All right. Here's here's where you fall apart. Your <laughs> UT Longhorns. Uh, okay. It's like I told fall you. Fall to Texas Tech. Thirty six, like, thirty four, and overtime. It's it's like I told you. I'm, First time that UT has lost to Tech in Lubbock since two thousand and eight. By the way. You're right. They. You're right. The, the crowd. Fans went crazy after that game. They took down... So one thing that... I, just a side note that was interesting. They took down the... Did you see where they took down the goalpost as soon as he kicked it? 
They did? Yes. The the the, uh, the school officials immediately, as soon as the ball goes through, pull the goalpost out and lay it down so that fans can't hang off of it and tear it down. Wow. I did not see that. I did not yes. know that. All I seen was the, the, the fans rushing the field. Yeah, yeah. if you look, as soon as the ball clears and the official puts his hand up, they immediately start taking the goalpost down so that people can't hang off of it and tear it down and all that mess. Desecrated. Wow. So, I mean, yes, it was an upset, but it's like I told you, I... I think we bought too much into the Alabama game. Yeah, and and that's what I was saying. Alabama played very sloppily. Very undisciplined. And that's what I was saying is, you still have to line up against these teams. Yes, that was a close Alabama game, because people are going to look at that... The Alabama game and then look at the Texas Tech game and say... If, if Texas... So here was my deal about that, too. If Texas... Here's how much I kind of bought it. If Texas had won that game, right? Mm-hmm. And Clemson had lost. I was making an argument that if they win the Big 12, they may have a shot at the Final Four. Like, I, I, I kind of looked at that. I was looking at, like, the upcoming schedule and your yeah. strength of schedule and the whole situation, and I'm going, you may have an argument that your only loss was to Alabama, Alabama yeah. by one point at home. You may have, like, an, an argument, but then they lose to Tech, and it doesn't matter. You're you're done. You may still win the Big 12. Yeah. The, the Big 12 will probably not be represented in the Final Four again. No, no, and it hasn't been in, in, in some years. Well, no, just three years ago, Oklahoma was in it. Oh, Oklahoma was always in it, man. Okay, Oklahoma lost to Kansas State. Um, yeah, well, yeah, they're <laughs> not. But, yeah, I'm not disappointed. I mean, yes, I, that's my team. I'm not disappointed in that loss after watching the film. I didn't get a chance to really watch that game. I watched the highlights of that game. I watched most. I got, that was one of the games I got to watch most of. Yeah. Texas did not have it together on offense. Yeah, no, there was they, several times that they they had to burn some timeouts because the uh, uh, card is looking at the sideline, going, "What is going on here?" Yeah. There was just a lot of discombobulation. There was some penalties late in the game, just unnecessary stuff went on in that ball game. And the, you but Tech at, is on the way up. They're on the rise. They got Coach McGuire over there. You, yeah, and uh, from uh, so. So, another thing about Coach McGuire, he's a Texas high school football coach. State champion at uh, Cedar Hill. Oh, wow. Left that job after a state championship to go uh, for a year to Baylor, and then he gets the the job at Tech. So, represent the Texas high school football coaching ranks, man. He's getting it going over there. Moving on up. Yeah. Wreck him Tech. Yeah. But Texas, man, like, I don't know what else. I mean, I don't – this isn't the uh, down and out. Like, they – Still they're, may win. They are. Like, they're better. Like, they're not last year's football team. Yeah. They're a lot better. It's not... Now, it's not that, uh, you know, he Sarkeesian's not coaching for his job. I, I think you still could win the Big 12 because the Big 12 doesn't look to be very good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, ba- Baylor barely won their ball game too. So, I mean, it's not like you've just got a clear favorite. I think the only one that's undefeated right now is Oklahoma State. Yeah. Yeah, so... So, Oklahoma State probably... They probably... Yeah, or they probably give Texas a run for their money. Yeah, I mean... So, but I'm saying it's up for grabs. It's yeah. not like a clear-cut, this is your top... I mean, you don't even have a clear-cut top two right now in the Big 12. The SEC, everybody knows it's Alabama, Alabama and Georgia. Georgia. You know, until somebody proves otherwise. 
But for Clemson, I mean, for uh, for the Big 12, you've got Texas and, and Oklahoma. I mean, they're all kind of jumbled in there right now. Yeah. It's a mixing pot. But Texas was I mean, going still forward. some interesting watches. Yeah, Texas going know? forward. I think they'll be okay. Uh, very good game, though. Uh, like I said, Texas Tech is on the is they're on the come up, and their their offense looks great. And what an and electric atmosphere great. in Lubbock! Yeah, you know, they were everybody was into it. I mean that 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 was just a good watch. Like Texas if you're just a football out. fan, that was a good a good watch. Yeah. All right, let's look at some upcoming games. You got spicy good, spicy good. Is Kentucky at Ole Miss? Kentucky gets to prove if they really are who we think they are. The Bears are exactly who we thought they were. <laughs> and uh, Kentucky gets to prove if they bout it. Uh, yeah, they, they want to they go Kiffin up against Lane Kiffin <laughs> in in Ole Miss in at home. Okay, you've got Ole Miss at home. Well, Kentucky, you better strap up your boots. So I, I gotta mean, say, man. Uh, let's see, Michigan and Iowa. Uh, you've got Tex, uh, Texas Tech at Kansas State, baby. Who's better, Tech or Oklahoma? <laughs> hey, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. So t- this may be the statement year. Like Tech can make a statement. If you win that ball game, you just beat UT. You turn around and beat Kansas State. You can start making a statement in the Big Twelve that hey, maybe we're the big dogs in the room now. Goodness, man. Well, let me, well you're right. The Big Twelve is up for grabs. I mean, clearly anybody can grab grab it right now. Because you've got Oklahoma State going to Waco and having to play Baylor at Baylor. That's a rematch. That's a great spicy game. Good yeah. watch. I mean, I, I could see that coming down the wire because that was the Big Twelve championship game last yeah, year. Yeah, I see. Okay, I see Oklahoma State taking that game though. I, I would think so, but I think that's a good watch. Yeah. Uh, You've got Alabama at Arkansas. Now, this would have been a better watch if Arkansas had beat Texas A&M. I still think it has the potential to be a good football game. It'll be a good measuring stick for Alabama. Like, have you cleaned some things up that you you know that we saw happen in the Texas game? I, I think that's a good measuring stick football game. Yeah. Uh, have you have you cleaned it up? Good good SEC matchup for Alabama as they uh, face Arkansas in Arkansas at Fayetteville. You've got A&M at Mississippi State. I watched a little bit of Mississippi State. Typical Mike Leach just putting up a ton of points in that air raid offense. He's going to throw it. <laughs> like, that dude is going to sling it until the day. That guy has not seen a passing play that he doesn't like. like Matt, Mike Leach has not seen a passing play that he doesn't like. He's going to he's gonna run it and gun it, run that up-tempo, no-huddle offense. Let's just line up and throw the football. See what happens. Stop us if you can uh, so, I mean, that that's a good, sneaky, good watch. Another sneaky, good football game is uh, North Carolina State at Clemson. So, again, Clemson kind of a run for your money, and you've got to win these games. Like, if you want to be in the national yeah. conversation, you've got to win the ACC. A, a one-loss Clemson is not getting in. A one-loss Clemson is not getting in. So, I mean, if you want to stay in the conversation, these are some must-win games for Dabo. Uh, then you've got Texas versus West Virginia. And another, I think, potentially sneaky good game is Georgia versus Missouri. Uh, you got to go to Missouri. I mean, Missouri's down. But, hey, Kent State gave you a little bit of a competition there. I think that could be yeah. a sneaky good football game. Yeah. 
So, I mean, it, there's some sneaky good games, some real tests. Like like I said, that Ole Miss and Kentucky game, that's a, that's a if you want to see if Kentucky's for real, watch that football game. Wow. Uh, if you want to see if Alabama's ready to clean things up and just dominate like we would expect, watch that football game. Uh, if you want to see if A&M really is for real and going to stop some people on defense, watch them play Mississippi State. Have they really got things corrected? I mean, so there's some, some good measuring stick games this weekend uh, where I think we can learn a lot about some of these teams and what they're going to be moving forward. A lot of football, man. Yeah. Um, I, I'm definitely going to be looking at that. Um, Texas A&M and Mississippi State because uh, Mississippi State, like I said, they're one of those SEC teams that you don't hear a lot about, but they're there. And so, and, and Texas A&M being what they are right now, I think that'll be a really good game. Uh, just like you said, to kind of prove and see, like, hey, are are you guys cleaning up what you need to be cleaning up? Are you, are you actually going to prove something this season? So I'm I'm going to definitely keep up with that game. I mean, it, that's my favorite. Like, like, there's some games to settle in, get a good watch in. Yeah, that that's, hey, we're at that time of year. It's starting to cool off, cook out, yeah. so there, watch some good football. Yeah, that's my favorite one. Yeah. So uh, again, some good good matchups. All right, moving on to the NFL, National Football League, baby, where they make less money than some of the college players. Uh, all right. Practice team. So, so we watched uh, the Thursday night game. We, we actually sat and watched that ball game as the Cleveland uh, Browns beat Pittsburgh 29-17. My biggest takeaway from that ball game, one, Pittsburgh's not very good. Yeah. Like, Down Mike Tomlin may finally fall under five hundred. For the first time in his career. My biggest takeaway. Why in the world, for any reason, under God's green earth, would Cleveland trade Baker Mayfield? You've got a good offensive line. You've got two great running backs. Baker could make things happen with his arm. You've got everything you need to be a a darn good football team. Now, Jacoby Brissett did what he's supposed to do. He didn't lose the game. Like, that's, for now, that's his job. Just don't lose games until Deshaun Watson comes back. Yeah. But nobody's thought about it. Now, Deshaun, you're paying him too much money. He's going to be the guy. But why? Why does Deshaun Watson have to be your quarterback? You've got two great running backs. You've got some receivers that are good dink and dunk receivers. You can do things like that. You don't have to spread it out. You don't have to run and gun. Amari Cooper's not there anymore. You don't have um, OBJ. You don't have those guys. You don't have to worry about them. No, Amari Cooper is there. I'm sorry. OBJ's not there anymore. What was the other one? The uh, number 80. He used to play with uh, Philly. Not Philly. uh, Dolphins. I can't think of his name now. Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry. So you're not having to worry about guys begging for the football. Yeah. What? I mean, the Haslam's have got to be looking at this going, this is the worst financial and and public relations mistake that we have ever made. Yeah, because it's like I said, they did all that and went through all that just to end up doing exactly what they should have been doing from the beginning with Baker Mayfield. And, and and it's not showing anything because you went and got receivers like Amari, a receiver like Amari Cooper, and now it's like he's going to barely touch the ball because he now did, you're Thursday night. I I don't know how many I look at his stats yeah. real quick, but he didn't have many touches because you you have two running backs and 
Kareem Hunt, who's a Super Bowl champion, helped lead the 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 uh, Kansas City Chiefs to the Super Bowl and win. And then you have Nick Chubb, one of the greatest, one of the best rushing uh, backs in the in the, in the game as as of right now. You have that, and along with Kareem Hunt, is one a good rushing uh, back as well. You have that, and you said we're going to throw the ball. No. So, so Amari Cooper so far only has 19 receptions for 219 yards. He a- he's averaging 11 and a half yards a carry. His lo- his season high right now um, reception is 32 yards, and he's got two touchdowns. Hmm. So that's what I'm I, saying. What do you do? I I just don't understand the <laughs> philosophy. You, I mean. Because their identity is running the ball. That's who you are as a football. Player. Yeah, that's who Browns have always been. That since uh, um, Jim Brown days, Browns have always been a running team. I don't know who in the world ever thought that they could ever just really just pass the ball and be good. I mean, goodness gracious, you, you shot Baker Mayfield Mayfield in the feet and really realized you messed Stabbed up. Stabbed him in the back, yeah. then asked him to come back. Yeah. He said, no thank you. Yeah, because, like I said, you went through all that with Deshaun Watson. And you're paying him now just to realize all we had to do was keep Baker Mayfield and do what we're good at, which is running the ball with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Not many teams in the NFL would like to have running backs like that, back-to-back. A lot, y'all have them, and you don't you you, you don't want to use them. You're not using them. On the other side, Pittsburgh's bad. The offensive line's not very good. I know everybody's screaming, "Bring in Kenny Pickett!" You're not going to magically start winning football games with Kenny Pickett. In fact, you're probably going to hurt his development by putting him behind that atrocious offensive line. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think this is a year where Pittsburgh's got to just develop some guys, bite the bullet, get to next year, see what you've got in Kenny Pickett. Maybe you play him, you know, some later on in the season. Let him get a game or two just to see, and then reevaluate. You know, this yeah. is the post Big Ben era in Pittsburgh, and, and we kind of saw flashes of this, anyways. Yeah, like you saw a depleted offensive line, you saw a depleted um, receiving core. You saw, I mean, Najee Harris is a great running back, but he's not getting holes because there's no there's no hole for him to hit. I mean, so, I mean, you, you saw this coming. At some point, you knew they're not going to be able to ju- just coach their way out of this. They're going to start losing football games. So, it's not, it shouldn't be a surprise for Steelers fans. But, don't go screaming. And, and that's what we do. We, we say, okay, let's just change quarterbacks. Well, that, that doesn't mean anything. And a lot of times we hurt these players' development because the minute, and here's the thing, and here's how, this is the world that we live in with the NFL. The minute a guy takes a snap, his rookie contract uh, clock starts ticking. And yep. we start, and the yep, minute yep. the minute that he doesn't live up to what we think, okay, it's, let's cut bait so we can get another rookie contract. Why, why if, you're, if you're a Steelers fan, you don't want to do that to Kenny Pickett. It's not fair to him. He is a talented quarterback. Yeah. You get some receivers around him. You get an offensive line. You can start winning football games. You can start competing. You bring but, but it's in. not a matter of let's just bring in a different quarterback. Yeah. You bring them into like you. Uh, 
you bring them into a bad situation. You don't want them to play in that bad situation. It's not, especially quarterbacks like Kenny Pickett. Uh, but right now, the Steelers have a lot of develop developmental issues right now within their uh, team. The, the offensive line isn't good. Um, you have a great running back in Najee Harris, but he can't get anything going. Your receiving core is not really there. And so, yeah, you don't want to bring Kenny Pickett into that too soon. And it's like I said, you went and got these quarterbacks in this in the draft for just for them to be to sit. But right now, it's looking like for some of them that may just be the best idea. Um, I don't I don't think Kenny Pickett is ready or should be tossed into a situation like that just because you can't figure out the answer is. I mean, but. It's like I said, this is not a video game. That's why like I said last week, this is not a video game. This is not Madden where if your quarterback or your running back or whoever isn't doing good, you can just quit and go restart a trade and do This is real life. This is real careers, real men. Excuse me. This is real people who are actually putting their bodies on the line physically and their careers, you know, however long they may last. So you just can't just throw people in and out of the game like that. Um, and it's something that we seriously have to think about when next time, you know, if quarterbacks or whoever don't perform to our our expectations as fans and then go about it and, and, and want to say, well, we need to get rid of that guy. Well, no, give him time to develop. You want him to develop. That way he can be ready to be the quarterback that he can be. Yes. Or a player that he can be. You, you want to start setting your franchise up at this point to succeed in, in a couple of three years. Right. You're not going to win that division now. You know, you've lost to Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland's probably going to win that division without Deshaun Watson. Uh, Deshaun Watson. It's totally what, not we, what we didn't expect uh, coming into the season. But if they just stick to that running game, that great running game that they got, and continue to just kind of dink and dunk pass and stay in the game and control the clock with that running game, they'll be good. They'll they'll that's how you win. And that's how you at least stay in yeah. ball games so you figure out what you want to do. Yeah. Alright, next game up. Packers uh beat the Buccaneers fourteen to twelve. Not the greatest game for Aaron Rodgers, uh, but hey, he beat Tom Brady. And uh, like you said, any day I can beat Tom's a good day for me. But the big takeaway is Tom Brady is not Tom Brady. Tom he, Brady. He, 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 all, he stayed yeah. when he shouldn't have. Yeah. We all go through things. And um, as me and you both know, when you go through something, there's times when you have to leave, step away, take a break. Tom Brady, as the world knows now, is going through something. Off and, the field. Yeah, Major off the field, off the field issue. And... Now is a time where he should have stepped away. He should have stayed away rather than come back. And I think right now is that he is doing something that is damaging rather than helping him. Mm-hmm. And so you don't you don't want to see that for a quarterback like Tom Brady because he's a great quarterback. He has seven Super Bowl wins. He's already proven himself. There's nothing more that he could do or prove. And so I just wish Tom Brady would have stayed retired, you know. I that's an end of an era that was fittingly the end of an era. Yeah. And he, he should have just stayed retired. There was no reason for him to come back. And just from a football perspective, he did some things on the just 
football wise that he you know that you're not used to seeing from Tom Brady. Yeah. You know from decision making to the arm strength just not being there anymore. I mean. There's some things there that you start looking, and, and for the first time in his career, Tom Brady is showing his age. Uh, he's not, and, and you hate to see it, but it happens. At some point, every player reaches a point where they can't play. It's human you know, nature, man. It, 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 father time catches up to everybody at some point. Yeah. Uh, and, and it just the on-the-field product, it has finally happened to Tom Brady. He has finally met Father Time, and Father Time right now is punching him in the mouth. I mean, it's just one of those things, you know, because the Packers are down. You know, they don't have any real talent around Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. But Aaron Rodgers is going to be Aaron Rodgers. You know, he's still a competitive quarterback. He's still that guy uh, who makes it as easy as anybody in the, the game as far as passing and just sitting there and tearing people apart. Uh, but Tom Brady, you know, how long until, because, you know, they're, they're, they've got Kansas City coming up. How many more, let, let's look at that schedule. How many games, over under how many games before Tom Brady says, you know what, I'm done? I would say under. No, no, I'm saying, so let's say, if I put a median of six games, six more games, over under six games. Under. I'm saying under. Okay, well, you've got the Chiefs. Then you've got the Falcons. So I said six games. Then you've got the Steelers. You've got Carolina. Then you've got the Ravens, and you've got the Rams. So I I, I would say maybe over, because maybe after that Rams game. I, I think if you lose to... If the only games you win out of that group are your game, uh, you know, you're probably going to lose to the Chiefs. We'll talk about that in a minute. Should beat Atlanta, should beat Steelers. Might lose to Carolina. Probably going to lose to Baltimore and should lose to Los Angeles. That's why I'm saying under. It's not about just them winning, but it's about the, the, the battering he'll take in those games. Physically, yeah. yes, that's what I'm. That, that's the that's the side that I'm saying. He, they may win some, but I'm looking at his age and how the the beating he'll take on on from that from those defenses. I don't see him lasting that long, man. I'm just I, I would be happy if Tom Brady said, you know what, yeah, I, I shouldn't have came back. I'm 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 out. You know, go I'm not gonna embarrass myself. Yeah, go and. Spend time with your kids and your family. Be there with your family while you're still physically able. And you're, because, yeah. you know, when you start taking hits like that, and these guys are obviously younger than you, you are. Well, I said this from the beginning of training camp. After Gronk didn't come back, he had to come back and go, wait, where's, where it, are my players? It, it like, wouldn't have felt like home. Yeah, you know? like I'm playing with you guys. Like <laughs> yeah. AB's gone, Gronk's gone. Like I'm, I'm stuck with you guys. Yeah. Cornette's hurt. What Mike, am I doing? Mike Wills is fighting out there. I mean, Mike Evans. Mike Evans is fighting. He didn't play yesterday. Yeah, so, I mean, goodness, man. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I'm with you. It may be under six. Like, he may just take the beating and go, yeah, I'm done. Yeah, it's not worth it. And then if you're Tampa Bay, where do you go from there? So, I mean, at quarterback, you're going to have to do something at quarterback. Kyle Trask is not the answer. I know that they kept riding that ship. I don't believe that for a second. I didn't even know that guy was there. I didn't even... 
Yeah, he was going to be the starting quarterback, supposedly. I don't buy that for a second. Because at the time, Baker was still on the market, and so was Jimmy G. I, I, I don't buy for a second that you were going to stick with Kyle Trask. So, I mean, they're going to have to do something at quarterback. Maybe you draft a quarterback. Maybe you're... I mean, if if Tom walks away, you may be in a position to draft Bryce Young. But this is all... Yeah. Like, this, do you... Okay, do you ask Tom Brady, if you lose... Let's say you lose to uh, Kansas City. You lose to Carolina. You lose to Baltimore, and you lose to Los Angeles. So, there's one, two... Three, there's four losses, there's five losses. So that puts you at, uh, there's six losses, so that puts you at like three or four and six. Do you ask Tom Brady to leave? Like, do you tell him, okay, let's set this up the right way. We're going to let you come out and say, you know, I'm I'm done. But do you... Do you put yourself in a position because you don't want him to win too many games? There's not a Tom's not he can say Tom's not coming back. He's got that three hundred twenty five million dollar deal at Fox. He's not coming back. Yeah. Well, so at what point is it best for the organization to just ask Tom Brady to go off into the sunset so that you can? And I ain't say you can lose enough games to be in a position to go draft a quarterback. Yeah. Well, it's not just about that deal, man. It's about him physically being able to perform. Tom Brady, after this year, like I said, he ain't coming back. I He's don't think not. That was a smoke and mirror show to say, well, I feel like I've got more football in me. No, you don't. Yeah. And whoever in Tom's camp told him, whether it's his agent or whoever, said, Hey, you should still think about coming back is an absolute idiot. Whoever did this to him and and put him out there and didn't tell him, didn't have the guts to tell him, you shouldn't play football. Yeah. Should be fired. Well, like it's like I said, he don't have anything else to prove. Man, you've got the most Super Bowl. You have seven rings. You've led teams to seven Super uh, seven Super Bowls. You know, and you have the greatest Super Bowl comeback in history. Yeah, what more are you trying to prove, man? We know you got it. You got it. Yeah, <laughs> you not got a it, question. Man. Yeah, you got it. What you don't have to prove nothing to us or to yourself. Go be with your family, man. Yeah, just go be with your family. Okay, uh, the Rams getting back on track. They beat the Cardinals twenty to twelve. That Kyler Murray extension, man, is looking mighty bad. And that was a bad deal for the game because it came out about the study clause and then that got taken out because, you know, you take that out because so the PR disaster that yeah. that brought on. But if Kyler Murray is not your guy, say that. Yeah, but where does he go? Well, now he can't. Now, now there's too much money on his contract. That was a mistake. Yeah, but, but unless, hey, he may be a guy that goes somewhere else, hits the reset button, and has like a second career. You know, okay, and maybe okay. he's that guy. Okay, but well, let's back this up just a little bit. If the way they give it now, now we know last week they're coming off the win, the, the upset, surprise win against the Raiders, right? 
And the Raiders are 0-3. We'll get to that in a minute. Okay. That's a disaster in yeah. Las Vegas. Okay, so coming off that win, but it's a win that ne- oh, never should have happened. They, they could have had chances to be in that game. Yes. That's one about Las think, Vegas being bad. Yeah, do you think the clause about him studying film or not studying film was true? Yes. Oh, it, it was a proven deal. Like, there's a copy of the yeah. contract. Because that that's clause a, in there. Because do you think he really wasn't studying film? Because I'm yes. looking at how he plays he's, now. It's more like he's just playing off the fly. Yes. No, He. I don't think he says film at all. He basically come out and said that. So the whole the the reason that that got put in there was because right before he went to sign that contract, he held a press conference, and it was kind of one of those rumors about whether or not he did or didn't watch film. And he right. he had an interview where he said, "I'm more of a go out there and figure it out as I play. I don't have to watch film." So the organization said, "Okay, you want to be that way? We'll put it in your contract. You have to watch film." Yeah. And then it just became an, a a PR nightmare, so they had to take it out. But it was in there. He well, doesn't watch film. He hadn't watched film since he was in high school. Well, still, this is the deal. Um, he famously didn't watch film at Oklahoma. So th- this is the deal. Cardinals should have stood their ground and said, "No, we're going to keep it in there." Regardless of the PR PR nightmare that it was, you should have stood your ground and kept it in there. But we're living in a league and a time of player empowerment. Players dictate what goes on. Players and media. Yes, big time. And well, um, that's sad because I would, I, I would say that they still should. have... You know, I'm still gonna say they st- they should have stood their ground because at this point, your organization is ran by you. You know, whoever is ran by you, the media and the players should not dictate how you run your business. You know. And, and so, with what's going on now, if you know you have a quarterback who who's not going to take the time to study the film, you gotta you gotta either you're gonna let him go or you're gonna like they did him put in a contract. You have to do this in order to fulfill your contract to feel, fulfill this deal, or else we can let you go wherever else you want to go that will allow you to do that. But we're not going to let it happen. This is your quarterback. This is the leader of your team. Well, Cliff Kingsbury's gone at the end of the year. I don't even know how he got that job. He couldn't win a game at Texas Tech in the Big 12, but he gets that job. Yeah, well, that's shocking. But well, he got that job because of Kyler Murray. They thought, oh, here's a wide-open quarterback. we got a wide-open offensive coach. Then we see how that's turned out. But maybe, maybe Kyler's one of those guys. He's got to go somewhere else. You find somebody that will eat a contract. Or maybe you have to eat part of the contract, but you find somebody who will take on at least part of that contract and say, you know what, we're going to put you under a, a veteran head coach, and we're going to... Seattle. No. What? Seattle. Where he can hand the football off? He's not going to Seattle. He's, gonna, he can, he, he's got no trade clause. But he can run. Yeah, but, he's run. Got, but he's got no trade clause. He's not going to Seattle. Pete Carroll's not going to survive the season in Seattle. They're going to fire him, too. <laughs> I don't know where else. Where, where there's nowhere else he could go Dallas. under a veteran. Mm. Dallas hires Sean Payton and they bring in Kyler Murray. I'm just shooting for the start. Like I'm just throwing things around here. That's and, not gonna stay in Dallas, by the way. I don't. I don't think so. Too much longer. I don't think they pick up his fifth year option, or if they trade him. Yeah, I think I think Dak gets traded. We're gonna talk about the Cowboys in a minute. That's an yeah. utter mess, by the way. Uh, 
Wow, I never thought I'd be saying that. This, this but um, it. But I don't know, man. Kyler Murray, he he's a great he's a great quarterback. Mm. He's Murray a good quarterback. Um, and he still won more games in Cowboys Stadium than some of the Cowboys starters. That's true. Uh, that's very true. Actually, that's he has a better winning record in the at AT and T Stadium than I believe ninety percent of, of the team. The, yeah, right now, if not ninety nine percent of the team. I don't know. Everybody on that team don't lost to... before at that stadium. Yeah, he hasn't still. Yeah, all he does is win. Even the coaching staff, he has a better record than the coaching staff. That's crazy. So okay, say he goes to Dallas. What and okay, say he goes to Dallas. They bring in Sean Payton. Sean Payton ain't taking that. No, but that's what I'm saying. Maybe that's what he needs. Yeah, because at that point, the Sean kids Payton, as talented as anybody. Yeah. So him studying film, do you think that ups his game or makes if him he would more? Stu- Listen, if he would study, Michael Vick said this. He said if Michael Vick famously said, if I would have studied film, I would have won like two or three Super Bowls. Hmm. I think Kyler Murray's that way. I think if you put him with talent around him and he actually sits down and does his homework, that's scary good. He's already winning all these games without watching film. Imagine what would happen if he actually had a clue about what they're about to do to him. So you think they're... So just from Michael Vick's statement and then looking at Kyler Murray now, they're relying heavily on their athleticism. That's all they're relying on. Like, Michael Vick said that. He said, I just knew I'm faster than you, I'm stronger than you, I've got a better arm than Like, I'm just going to beat you. Yeah. He said, if I would have watched film, then I would have known what you were going to do. And in those late games or in the playoffs, or, you know, then... the, the Okay, I'll, I'll give you the the greatest example in history of this. There was a game, and I'm trying to remember who they were playing. Peyton Manning goes to the line of scrimmage and tells one of the rookie, it was either a linebacker or a defensive lineman, where to stand because he says, y'all are in this and you're in the wrong position. He positioned the defensive player, tells them what the play is, and then proceeds to pick them apart. And Peyton Manning wasn't even the most athletic quarterback in his family. No, yeah, you're true. So imagine if you take a talent like Kyler Murray with his arm and his legs and his athleticism and he studies film like that and he starts knowing what they're going to do to him before they ever do it, imagine what he does. I mean, you were talking about a scorched earth quarterback. Okay, oh, so this brings up a lot of good questions then about the type of quarterbacks. And uh, two others come into mind. Patrick Mahomes. And Lamar Jackson. Very athletic. Do you think they study film like they should? I, I don't think Patrick Mahomes does, no. What Patrick about- Mahomes does not pick up a corner blitz to save his life. If if, if you bring pressure off the edge, you're going to kill him. True. I've seen, we've seen it happen. He, he, he can't handle it. Uh, Lamar Jackson probably does because he's got John Harbaugh. I can't imagine John Harbaugh putting up with <laughs> okay, well, yeah, a see, whole lot. <laughs> a, bit, like, a, a veteran coach. But you have Andy Reid well, over. And- I think I'm a... Put a pin in that. Okay. I, I, there's more to that. All right. Uh, let's see. Broncos beat the 49ers 11-10. to 10. I'm going to read you Russell Wilson's stats. Russell Wilson. 11-10? Yeah, 11-10. I'll make sure I heard this. <laughs> I'll make okay. sure I heard so it right. Okay, so here's Russell Wilson 11? in his uh, career so far in Denver. 
Aiming for a two point conversion. He 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 lost to Seattle seventeen to sixteen. Okay. okay. In that game, he had 29 completions in 32 attempts through for 340 yards, had a 69.1% completion rating. Wait a minute. They uh, lost that game? Yeah, they lost that game. Uh, and he only had one touchdown. They ran the ball the majority of the time. What, what happened to let Russ cook? Uh, then he beat Houston, but in that game, he only has 14 completions in 31 attempts for 219 yards, a 45.2% Completion rating. Uh, throws for one touchdown and one interception. Longest pass was 35 yards. They did win that game 16-9. Then they win yesterday 11-10. He has 20 completions and 33 attempts. 184 yards total for a completion percentage of 60.6%. He averages 5.6 yards per pass. They the whole reason... The whole reason that he wanted out of Seattle was, I want to cook. I watched two of his games. Didn't get to watch yesterday. I watched his other two games. They're not letting Russ cook. He's in a different kitchen under the same match. (laughs) Yeah. You have Nathaniel Hackett, and this is why I thought this was a match made in heaven. You have the offensive, uh, Nathaniel Hackett, who's been the offensive coordinator. That, I mean, Aaron Rodgers just oohed and awed over him. He doesn't get Aaron Rodgers, so he settles for Russell Wilson. Like, he, he tried to convince Aaron, come over here. That didn't work out, so Aaron stays in Green Bay. Russ is like, listen, no matter what happens, I want out. I don't care. If it's just get rid of me. He goes to Denver. But if it's about let Russ cook, then let Russ cook. If you want to win in Denver, you better start letting Russ cook. You can't stay in these close ball games. Like uh, you're not built for that. Don't yeah. do that. Throw the ball. And I'm not a big proponent. Everybody's got to throw. But you got Russell Wilson. You brought him in. Let him cook. Let the man cook. I, I just don't understand. I know you don't have a bunch of weapons around him. I understand that. Yeah, but when Russ was winning Super Bowls, he didn't have a lot of weapons around him. No. He had Lockett uh, and and Harvey. He didn't have a lot of receivers. It just seems that teams are making moves for no reason. Like Cleveland brings in Deshaun Watson. For what? The guy you had could have done that. Russ wants to go for to Denver, and it's like, well, why did you bother bringing him in? Because he said he wanted to cook, and now you won't even give him the ingredient. Right now, it's looking like... Dallas was the only one that could be able to use these guys, and they didn't go for him. They turned. Yeah. The, now Dallas is struggling for a quarterback because they don't have nobody else, <laughs> and they passed up on two of them. It's not making any sense. Puzzles aren't pieces aren't connecting. They're there, but they're not connecting. I don't know where they go. They're, they're, it's not making sense. I mean, like you said, you get a quarterback like Russell Wilson. And you just want to run the ball all game. I don't understand the, the statistics in, in, in Seattle. How do you have 300-plus passing yards, one touchdown, and you still lose that game? What were you doing? What was going on? Well, they kept trying to run the ball, and the one thing that Pete Carroll can do is stop the run. <laughs> well, he better be since he wants to run That's all the time. That's what I'm I mean, like, your defense literally practices against that every week. There's no, there's no excuse. But that makes no sense. So I need that that's still that's shocking me. Even to this score limit. That means you scored one time, got a two point conversion, and kicked the field goal. Yeah. That was it. 
I mean, it's just I I don't know. That was a boring game. But let much. yeah, let Russ cook. Jimmy G loses. I don't know. But if you you're, but if you're, you can't hang that on Jimmy G. No. I don't know. He's just trying to get. I mean, you gypped him. Now you bring him back. He's probably just trying to figure out what is his life at this point. Like San Francisco better get together though if they want to be competitive. They they got to figure that out over there. But I, I, I just thought that, I mean, you brought in Russell Wilson for that reason. Let the man play. I, you, you may shoot yourselves in the foot and waste that away, too. Uh, let's see here. Miami beats the Bills 21-19, gives Buffalo their first loss of the season. And let me tell you, Tua has got it going now. I mean, he has finally yeah. stepped into his own. You're starting to see the arm strength come into play. You're starting to see Tua Tagovailoa play some darn good football. Yeah. And, well, man, look at the weapons he has, man. He can throw it down the field all day long if he wants. He has Tyreek Hill. He has Jalen Waddle. Man, come on. You have and plenty of weapons. Yes. Hey, but Buffalo's still a great team, by the way. Oh, well, yeah, that's no doubt. That was more about how good Miami and how far Miami has come this season. Yeah. And then you, but, and then you, I mean, look at, uh, I'm still baffled by this as well, is how in the heck did Tyreek Hill get out of Kansas City? How did they I'll tell you, now, okay, put a pin in it. There's a lot to this Kansas City thing. Gosh, man. But, I mean, you, you have that, and. Man, it just seems like it's it's some teams that read up in the offseason, man, like heavily. And Buffalo is one of them. And and the Dolphins is one of them. Philadelphia is one of them. Yeah. But like I, like I told you, this is not a disappointing disappointing loss for Buffalo. Buffalo is still a good team. They probably, unless they go up against the uh, Dolphins again, they meet in the AFC Championship. Um. Unless that happens, then I see the Bills winning that, the AFC. Handily. Yeah. Handily. Uh, let's see. But still the AFC, Cincinnati gets their first win of the year, 27-12. Okay. Uh, they, they're right. back down to earth. They're still a good football team, but they had some things happen last year that, you know, they, they beat the Jets finally. But, I mean, they had some things happen last year that probably not going to happen again. Kind of a magical season. I, I st- Joe Burrow still a great talent. Jamar Chase still a great talent. But as a football team, you're probably not where you thought you were. I thought they got rid of Eli Apple. I thought I seen a poster about that. No, he's still there. Eli Apple's been bounced around through the NF, the AFC, the NFC. I don't know why. I, I don't either. He's a good talent. No, he's not. He's decent. No, he's not. Ever since he's coming to the league from Ohio he, State, he he's played, had, No, he played well for Cincinnati last year. Barely. I say that because... Well, that's because it wasn't really just... It wasn't really him. I mean, you had other guys. But you had him there to offset. That's where I... I mean, that's his job. Well, he offset it very well, I guess. You know. But... Eli Apple, I mean, ever since he's been in the league, he's... I mean, you've got to have somebody other than just Jamar Chase to throw the football to. No, Eli Apple's on the uh, defense. He's the corner. Oh, yeah, that's right. I, I'm, Eli, I'm, yeah. Saying, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. 
Uh, yes. He's there to offset it, though, because you, you've got... Um, that Wouzier. Yes. And I think he's on the other side of a Wouzier. I mean, but nobody really throws to a Wouzier's side. It's really... That, that's why I, I went a Wouzier, not uh, Jamar Chase. But, you got you got to have somebody to to defend the other side of the yeah. field. To where a Wouzier didn't get picked on. I don't know. But like I said, since Eli Apple's been in for, he's constantly had coverage issues, so... Good, good against good receivers. So uh, they lose that game, twenty-seven twelve. No, win that game. I mean, win that game, twenty-seven twelve. <laughs> uh, Tennessee, okay, wins their. I, I, that's their first one of the year, twenty-four to twenty-two. They defeat Las Vegas. Las Vegas falls to zero three. <laughs> this raises the question: Can Josh McDaniels be a head coach? We saw this in Denver. That didn't last. He goes running back to New England. He steps out again. Can Josh McDaniels be a head coach? I don't think so. I think he's one of those that he's a great coordinator, great offensive coordinator. And I think he works well under Bill Belichick because of what Bill Belichick demands, the the, the way that he wants to run a football team. And here's where, okay, everybody wants to sell the debate about Belichick and Brady based off of Belichick and Brady. Here's how you learn how great of a coach Bill Belichick is. His assistants consistently leave for head coaching jobs, and 90% of them fail. They do. Like, you look at that, and some people say, oh, well, the sign of a great coaching tree is you're seeing out successful head coaches. No, it's not. I mean, it is to an extent in that you've imparted some knowledge to them and made them great head coaches. Mm-hmm. But it also shows how good you are. Because now you're taking some guys who are good at coaching their positions, but that shows how good you are at running the team. That you're the guy who makes Matt Patricia look like a defensive genius. And you're the guy who made Joe Judge a good coach. You're the guy who made Josh McDaniels the guy that he... Like, it it shows to me... That that you are successful because of you. Like, you know, it's not that you don't have good guys. When they're under you, they're good They're good yeah. assistants. But it shows me that really the glue that holds that whole ship together is Bill Belichick. Yeah. Well, and it's very evident of itself, really. Um, even with Tom Brady... Leaving you, I mean, you, yeah, he went to the Super Bowl his first year leaving, but I'm not at, so sure that Jameis Winston wouldn't have went to the Super Bowl with that club that they had. Honestly, I don't think it was just about Tom Brady. So you saying yep. Jameis Winston could have went too with that with that team? Yeah. yeah. If if now I understand AB and and Gronk only went because of Brady, but let's say that that didn't play into it and they go anyways. Yeah, he probably does. If Fournette has the year that he had, and those other two cats are there, yeah, I think I, I think that was more about. The, now Tom brought that experience of I've been there, done that. Yeah, I understand that, but it was COVID year. It was kind of a weird year. Kansas City was not very good that year. I I I think that that was more about the pieces around Tom Brady than it was just about Tom Brady that year. Because I mean, you saw a precipitous drop off with Tom Brady when AB went left and. Walked off the field. Right, right. 
Okay, so that's a good point. You see, uh, they had a great defense too. Oh yeah, the defense so won that you, Super yeah. Bowl. Like, so yeah. you have that's a good point you just made. That's a possibility. You know, you just seen a quarterback that wouldn't lose ball with that defense they had that year. You just didn't need to lose the game. Yeah. You didn't have to go win it. You just didn't need to lose it. Yeah, but I mean, with Bill Belichick, it's it's showing in Tom Brady as well how good of a coach he is. And it's been the argument that he can win without doing anything without Tom Brady. Well, it's not true. Um. He's still putting his team together. He's still they're still growing, they're still building. Yeah, he's trying to figure out things. I yeah. understand that. But I just I thought that Josh McDaniel thing was an interesting <laughs> thing because here's the second time in his career that he's tried to step out. He knew he made a mistake when he went to go do it with Indian, like the day of his press conference, he backed out of that job. No, I think I'll go back. Yeah. Uh you know, I, I just I thought that was real interesting that he takes over a very talented Las Vegas Raiders team. And imagine, what did the NFL do to itself? You finally get a team in Las Vegas, it's set up to success, and some nobody in the league office gets John Gruden fired. (laughs) That's what I was going to ask the question. Do you think it was really worth it or it was necessary? No. Somebody in that league office, and this is one of those stories, like I've said about a couple things on the show today, that will never truly, the truth won't come out. But that's one of those stories that somebody in that office had it out for John Gruden personally. Yeah. Like, period. Whether it's the commissioner, whether it's the guy who did release the, somebody didn't like John Gruden. Yeah. And they wanted him fired. No matter what, they wanted him gone. And, and it's also somebody who wanted to cower down to Jerry Jones because they had the exact same evidence on him. They have the exact same evidence on Dan Snyder. They have the exact same evidence on many big-name guys in the NFL, but they chose to pick on John Gruden. Because he wasn't an owner. Exactly. <laughs> it, it was personal. Yeah. it was. This is the first time you see a coach get fired because he has a hater. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally. Yeah, like, literally. Yeah. Had a hater. Not that he wasn't winning, because he was definitely doing that, but somebody was hating on him. and We're going to get him fired. Yeah. All right, let's see here. Carolina uh, beats New Orleans 22-14. to Sean Payton left at the right time. Like, he knew. That was a LT. I, when he When he stood up and said, I'm not going to coach anymore, I knew then that's not about he doesn't want to coach football. That's about he, he doesn't want to coach, want to coach New Orleans. Yeah. That was an ailing team. Drew Brees went out just at the right time. He knew Drew Brees was going down, and that team was going down if Drew Brees was going down. And, yeah, he took the right step out right at the right time. I mean, that that's a good, yeah. good move on his part. Jameis Winston... One of those kids, he's not going to ever live up to what we thought. But he could still be an average quarterback. Yeah. He could still be, he's not going to ever be great, but he could be an average NFL quarterback. Uh, and, you know, you're still in a position where you can maybe make the playoffs, but, I mean, you, you've you just got to not lose ball games if you're New Orleans, right? Like, you, you don't play necessarily, you don't ask Jameis to do anything special. Just tell him, hey, listen, let's play some defense. Let's run the ball. Let's see what we can do. Yeah. Uh, just to win football games. Uh, Eagles uh, beat the Commanders 24-8. to They are clear, clearly 
the class of the NFC East. That's a good football team in yeah, Philadelphia. But I, okay. That's a good football team. I want to pick. I want to cherry pick this real quick. And I hate to say that that kills me because I'm a Cowboys fan. Yeah, but I want to cherry pick this just a little bit. I'll be nitpicky. Twenty-four to eight. That was the final score. Yeah, but it was way ahead and half. I think it was like. They may not have scored. I don't even know. You sure? It had to be more. That was the, well, that's that the was, final. Yeah, 24-8. They didn't the score final. anything in the second half? No. Because I think it was like 24-2 at half. So that's my that's my nitpick. I didn't How? watch that game. So so my question is, did they just run out the clock? You they, got Carson Wentz on the other side. He's Yeah, but you can't score anymore in the second half? I don't know. I, I still think that that's the most talented team in the NFC East. Yeah, but, I mean, it's still questionable. Because if you can't score anymore in the second half, what if a team decides, oh, well, we just want to, we're going to come out and play. But that's what I'm saying. I didn't get to see the second half of that yeah. ball game, so I don't know if that's more about they couldn't or they chose to try and do some other things. Because that's been like the second week in a row or third that that's happened where they've only scored as much points as they scored in the first half. Yeah. Now, they've got a test coming up. They've got Jacksonville. We'll talk about that in a minute. But, I mean, as far as talent goes, they're going to win the NFC East right now. They're they're clearly the most talented team in the NFC East. Don't play them in zone. And we we said this uh, on the way over to, to record the show that Alabama quarterbacks playing well right now. Yeah, two. Yeah, Alabama players and you know Devontae Smith. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, they, they're gonna win that division. See, Indianapolis beats Kansas City. Now, here's the deal. This is why I said put a pin in all that about Kansas City. There's a point before the half. Kansas City chooses not to call a timeout. Has a chance to go down and score before halftime. Then the last play before half, they just run the football. And just as they're getting ready to go into the locker room, Mahomes rips his helmet off and gets into a verbal altercation with Eric Bieniemy. Now, in the post-game interview, Andy Reid tried to brush it off and say, oh, it wasn't. No, I watched it. Even Tony Romo, who was commentating the game, said, look at this. And they start getting into it. Now, LaShawn McCoy... Okay, was asked about this after the game. Shady McCoy. And I'm going to read you some of the comments here that he made. Uh, let's see. Come on, Pat, man. You got to you gotta represent East Texas. But, you know, East Texas have been known to have some hot heads, you know. It is what it is. Let's see here. Here's one article. So he appeared, uh, LaShawn McCoy, uh, appeared to take issue with Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy based off the interaction on Sunday. Uh, this is what he put on Instagram. All Bieniemy does is argue with the players. He knows nothing about passing or play calling. Ooh. He went on to say, according to another interview that he did, let me see if I can find that, that this is the very reason that... Eric Bieniemy gets mentioned for head coaching jobs, but the minute he gets interviewed, he doesn't get hired. Is that people realize that Andy Reid is the star of the show, and Eric Bieniemy's just there. So McCoy ripped him. I don't know who's right and who's wrong, but it is. it looked very discombobulated yesterday with Kansas City. They couldn't get anything going offensively. 
Patrick Mahomes did not pick up some of the things that, that Indianapolis was doing defensively. Uh, the play calling looked out of sync, like they weren't on the same page. It, it, and there's one point where, I mean, Andy Reid is really just playing mediator. He's trying to keep the ship floating, right? Kansas City, their window of dominance is closing, and I would, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's closing very quickly. You know, we assumed after that first Super Bowl that, hey, this is a dynasty. Yeah. That was a poor assumption to make. Well, that's because you... They built a program that wasn't necessarily a lasting program. You yeah, got, it wasn't sustainable. No, All those points were not sustainable. Yeah, and, and they got found out two years ago. In the Super they Bowl. got exposed that, big you time would hate to say, and, and this is the thing. You would hate to say a game like that was that that would will be the or could be the downfall of that organization? But because it very they, well could be. Yeah, and it, it it it's sad to say, but you're right. It, it could be. My thing is with Kansas City is, I'm I'm glad because I've been saying it for the longest. You need to change your identity up. You had all these speed receivers. You could just throw down the field. You had Mahomes who could just get it to them. Tyreek Hill, uh, Sammy Watkins, um, and players like that, you can just throw down the field all game, and you just your, your receivers are burning players. But now you're changing your identity. You're starting to get those bigger receivers, Juju Schuster. And you're trying to get your run game on on point. Mm-hmm. And now it's like they're falling apart. It's like Mahomes doesn't know what to do with himself if he can't go down the field like he wants to. There was more to Tyreek wanting to jump ship. Because as soon as he went over to to uh, to to Miami, he was throwing verbal bouquets. Oh yeah, left and we're right going to win the Super Bowl. This, this towards two, two and and he's talking about how two is the best quarterback he's yeah. ever played with. And I'm going wait. And supposedly that was all about a lack of a contract. No, there's more to that. Patrick and and it started coming out some last year when Patrick Mahomes' brother went left, and then his wife did some things that maybe Patrick's not the leader in the field house in that locker room that people thought. The thing is, with, with, with his family, is they got more shine on for the team than the team did. And that was a the shine that they were given was a bad light. And it made the team look bad as a whole. It made Patrick Mahomes look bad. But you're not good enough yet. I mean, I understand you won a Super Bowl. Yeah. You're an MVP. You're all those things. But sustain that success, and then you can get away with those things. But see, that also buys in the point. That's the the front office where you gave him this big contract. But that's the problem with the NFL. That's the problem with the NFL. Everybody gets a contract. That's it. Goes back to what we were talking about with Kyler Murray. Now, if you're Arizona, you're stuck with him until you either decide we're going to eat this, or you find somebody else who will eat it. Yeah. Because you prematurely give this guy a contract. That's where you're at. Right now, if you're Kansas City, you prematurely gave this guy a franchise-type contract. Dallas is dealing with that with uh, Dak yeah, Prescott. Yeah. You can't just do that. It shouldn't be an environment where you get a contract and you get a contract. How about these guys win ball games consistently before we give them contracts? I well, just see, don't understand it. So you don't see anybody else franchise... You don't see anybody else putting a franchise tag on quarterbacks anymore. Saying, hey... This is my quarterback. The last team to do that is 
the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers because that's the they franchise tagged him. Um, let's see. Uh, well, Kirk Cousins kind of ruined the franchise tag for quarterbacks, you know, because the uh, Redskins kept doing that to him, and, kept, and finally he's like, "No, I don't want to play for you." Yeah, you know where they were forcing him to stay. And I think that that's why now teams are prematurely giving contracts because they don't want the PR nightmare of continually just giving these guys the one-year franchise yeah. tag contract, which is ridiculous. Just because Kirk Cousins, Kirk D. Cousins threw a fit <laughs> doesn't mean that everybody should get paid. And now because one guy gets contracts. paid, the next guy thinks, oh, I'm going to get paid. Yeah. How about somebody say, why don't you win? Like consistently win ball games for me, yeah. win big ball games for me, win in the playoffs, do something that's worthwhile, and then I will pay you. But the way that the league is set up now is ridiculous, and it's starting to get exposed. It's getting exposed in Arizona. It's starting to get exposed in Kansas City. It's starting to fall apart for these teams. It's falling apart in Dallas. I it just I I don't know, but you're. If you're Kansas City, you can't feel very good about where you're at as an organization right now. And if you're Patrick Mahomes, you got to start thinking, okay, what now? You know, I don't have just a ton of weapons. What now? Where Where is this headed? You know, if you're Andy Reid, where is this headed? You're towards the end of your coaching career. Where is all of this going for Kansas City? Uh, then Jacksonville, how about them 3-0 and Jags, baby? Trevor Lawrence wins 38-10. Uh, to 10. Justin Herbert is, oh, he looked hurt. You know, he, he got hurt the other night, uh, and that still, that was painful to watch. I watched a little bit of that game. That's painful. So, would you say that Trevor Lawrence just took a little bit to get his motor running? I, I think so. I think that there was so much dysfunction last year. <coughs> And it was more about Urban Meyer. It, mm-hmm. the, the spotlight was on Urban, and everybody wants to talk about Urban. That's tough for a guy now to come in and play the way that he's accustomed to playing football. Right, right, okay. So, I mean... Not that Urban's a bad coach, necessarily, yeah. but I'm saying that all the attention was how Urban's not an NFL coach, this is bound to fail, and you're putting up with that every week in and week out. It, That's tough. So it could have been more of a mental dysfunction than it was physical. You know him not being able to. But hey, Jacks exactly. Jacksonville no longer has to. They were sweating mullets because the question was, can we did all this to get Trevor Lawrence? Can he really play? Mm-hmm. I think he's answering that question. But yeah, I think it was more of a mental thing than it was a physical thing for him. Hmm. Well, oh man, that's good. I'm proud of. I mean, I'm, just what what I've seen. Yeah, I'm, I'm proud for Trevor uh, Trevor Lawrence. You know. That was my guy when he was at Clemson. I mean, one of my my favorite quarterbacks uh, in college football when he was there. And so I always watched him and uh, kept up with him, even when he coming out of high school. Um, so I mean, I'm good for the Jags, man. Like, like y'all got y'all so y'all selves a quarterback and, and a maybe team. making some noise. Yeah. I mean, you know, you finally got your coach in in Doug Peterson. Yeah. That was a great hire. That yeah. was a sneaky great hire. Just because now you could, he's a great quarterbacks coach. You're getting to pair him up with Trevor Lawrence and get him some tutelage. Yeah, I, I, I thought that was a great hire, and it's definitely paying off in Jacksonville. So let's look at, uh, at the upcoming schedule. You've got Cowboys at Giants tonight. Giants, man, Brian Dabble got it going. 
He is turning the ship around in New, in New York. Meanwhile, what a mess in Dallas. Now they lost, they won last week. Yeah, by the hair of their chinny chin chin, but they won that ball game. But since that win, our beloved owner Jerry Jones can't stay out the Jerry Jones can't stay out the media has gotten in front of a microphone. And in his own words said, I want there to be a quarterback controversy in Dallas. With who? Jerry. Like, who are we talking about? We're talking about Zach and and, and Cooper Rush. But why do we want Cooper Rush all of a sudden to be the guy? Like, since when did Dak... Wait a minute. This whole deal was Dak's a leader. Dak's our guy. Dak this. Dak's going to be back in three weeks. And now it's, well, Dak can sit down because we may have had our guy in Cooper Rush. So, okay... Let's kind of let's kind of switch this. Is this his way of saying, "Oh, I want Dak to 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 earn his spot back"? You're paying Dak one hundred sixty five million dollars. He doesn't have to earn Jack's squat. But that's in Jerry's world. He does. But where is Dak going? I don't know. He's not riding the pine. If you tell Dak you're not going to be the starting quarterback, and by the way, why is Cooper rushing? What are you doing? Cooper Rush is not a starting, an everyday starting quarterback in the NFL. No, he's not. No, he's not. Exactly. He's he's not. So, you know, now what? you're going to tell your $165 million guy that you just yeah. slobbered all over for two seasons and treat him, as Jerry said last year, he's like a son to me. Yeah. Well, uh, everybody's well. like a son to you, Jerry. Tony was. Jason was. Like, everybody. <laughs> this. <laughs> Dan, Look what happened every, to them. Everybody but your kids, but okay, whatever. <laughs> so, <laughs> so okay, let's say he is like that. So now you got to go to your quote-unquote son, your $165 million son, by the way, and tell him you're not a starting quarterback. I, I just, what? And then Mike McCarthy has to come back and say, well, that's not what he meant. That's exactly what he meant. Mike, just t- bite the bullet. Mike. I feel bad for you. You're a good head coach. You got to know, Jerry doesn't want you there. Jerry wants you gone. I'll tell you about them Joneses. The Joneses. Keeping up with the Joneses, man. <laughs> and, oh boy. But has has Jerry finally just really gone off the rails? Jerry Jones. He has like single-handedly it, ruined this team, man. It brings up the question. It, it really does. It really, and I mean this as serious as can be. And we joke about Jerry. Is he fit mentally? Like, I, it's almost to the point that I don't... Used to, he did this type of stuff for publicity and show. Now it's almost as if he's saying these things as like he really believes that. Like, seriously, I listened to his deal about, oh, I would love it if I would walk to New York. This is what he said. I would walk to New York if that meant that Cooper played well enough for there to be a controversy. It's almost like he really means that. Like, he's serious. You can't. Cooper was the worst in preseason. He wasn't even He the, was the worst of the three guys that you had. Ben Danucci and yeah. Will Greer, and you cut both of those cats. But you kept Cooper. And so that's my thing. Well, you cut all three of them. Then you, and then you bring Cooper back. was the first yeah. one that you brought back. I don't. What was your confidence based off of one game? Two now, I guess. But... Will Greer was obviously the best in preseason. But none of those guys are starters in the NFL. No, they're not. But they're, they're he passed up on a Hall of Fame quarter, two Hall of Fame quarterbacks in the offseason. No, because he said he had his guy. 
but but I'm what I'm saying is Will Greer was obviously the best of backup the, quarterback. Bunch, yes, Cooper Rush wasn't. But now you want to make Cooper Rush the story to the point that you're gonna that you want a quarterback controversy that is so so strong, such a strong competition now that you can tell your 165 million dollar quarterback you're gonna ride the pie. At which point Dak's gonna immediately request request a trade. Yeah, maybe I, you trade with Carolina. Maybe then you get Baker Mayfield. Trade with San Francisco. Well, I don't know because I've got Trey Lance. They're in love with Trey Lance. Yeah. But I don't, man. So, Jerry Jones. Trey I, Denver. I would, Denver didn't want to let Russ cook. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know <laughs> if, if Dallas wants – not Dallas. Jerry Jones, I don't I don't think he is. <sighs> like I said, used to, you knew, okay, that's just Jerry being Jerry. But now you listen to some of the things he says, and he gives off this demeanor like he really believes it. Like he really thinks that. And then you had that whole debacle back in the offseason with Randy Gregory where he was completely unaware that they put a clause in, in one of his star players' contracts that causes him to walk away, yeah. take the exact same contract in another place. Neither was he there. He was on his yacht. Yeah, he was on his yacht. Eating breakfast. And so, but th- this is the thing. Uh, with, with, with Jerry Jones, you, you ask, is, is he just getting to that point where he's just... But is old. anybody in the Jones family fit to run a football team? Because, I mean, Stevens is the one who put in the clause that made Randy Gregory run away. It was about to mess it up with Demarcus Lawrence. Yeah, uh, almost blew that deal. Yeah, so, <laughs> do the Joneses and the Cow- Dallas Cowboys, do the Joneses step down and allow somebody else to pick up? That at least probably knows something about football. We're not talking about business. Now, they may, they may do great in business, but football-wise... They are single-handedly handed the ruining the ruining the Dallas Cowboys as a team. Yes, from because a they were, they refuse to go get players. They refuse to allow their coaches to coach the way they want to coach. They're not totally sold on their coaches. They're not so totally sold on their players. They don't. It's a big question mark. In Dallas right now, it's not even, it's not even any kind of surety to stand on. It's not anything but other than what the heck are the Joneses doing? Not what the Dallas Cowboys are doing. What are the Joneses doing? Because you don't draft anything, anyone. You do, I mean, bare minimum in the draft. You don't do anything in the off season. Well, on defense you do, and that's about the only thing that's showing any kind of fruits of your labor. But on offense, man, you can't have a good defense with no offense. You're not you're not going anywhere. I mean, yeah, you can get a stop on defense, but you getting stopped on offense. So yeah, I don't know, man. Last thing Jerry should have said. I don't understand. I don't know who is this PR people. Who is this public relations people? Oh, he Who's, just pushes them out of the way. Yeah, or is he his own public relations? Well, he probably is his own PR guy. Said, right now, he needs to stay out of media's face. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> needs to come and lock up. him up. When the cameras come his way, somebody <laughs> need to grab his home and move him in the opposite direction. He does not need to be in front of the cameras. Here's what the rest you do: of the you put him on the yacht. You 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 take the yacht to the middle of the ocean, and it magically runs out of gas. The Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, you <laughs> just leave him. Bermuda Triangle. He got lost. We don't know what happened. <laughs> but, Jerry doesn't show back up until like May. Yeah, like come up after the draft. Yeah, after the draft. <laughs> 
I don't know. I, I, it's going to be an interesting game for the Cowboys, of course, tonight against the Giants. National stage. Yeah, it's a divisional, divisional uh, game. So, it's going to be interesting, interesting to see what the Giants got uh, and what the Cowboys see, can see do. See how the Cowboys do. Yeah. See, uh, you've got your Thursday, uh, Thursday night game. It's going to be Miami at Cincinnati. That'll be spicy good. Joe Burrow, Tua, showing at, going at it. See uh, if uh, Miami's for real. Joe see what Burrow. they're made of. Uh, that'll be good. Then, then uh, next week you've got the Commanders at the Cowboys. That, should win that game. Should. Well, we'll see what how tonight. They're gonna goes. tear Carson Wentz up. That's what I'm looking. Well, if we'll they don't, see. I'll be disappointed. Well, but we'll have to see how tonight goes too. Yeah. Uh, then you've got the Jags at the Eagles. That'll be a great game next week. Ooh, great matchup. Alabama and Clemson all yes, over again. All over again. <laughs> all over again. Uh, that that will be great. Uh, let's see, you've got the Bills at the Ravens. Uh, I think that's got the potential to be a good matchup, see if the Bills can, can mount back, see if Baltimore's for real this year. Uh, then you've got the Chiefs at the Bucks. See what Tom Brady does, see how the Chiefs bounce back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, two two places kind of in turmoil right now. Hopefully they treat uh, Coach B enemy like the coach, not the enemy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> they treat him right the not the enemy. He's close to being enemy. So, I want to close out the show talking about the NBA. Because there's not much happening. I mean, baseball's kind of winding up their season. Yeah. But let, let's close it out the, the season or the show. Two major controversies come out. First is Robert Sarver. We touched on that a little bit last week. Mm-hmm. Owner of the Phoenix Suns, forced to sell because, well, he chose to sell. He was going to be suspended one year, $10 million. Over racist and misogynistic uh, comments that he's made in the past. Mainly racism. So there was... More has come to light about that situation. That Steph Curry actually met with Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner, and said, listen, you cannot let this man continue to own a team. So Robert Sarver was going to be asked to sell the team. Mm -hmm. That's why he got out in front of it and he said, listen, before... This goes too far. You know, I, I realize that any good I could do is going to be overshadowed by all this. I'm just going to sell the team. Now, immediately following that, and here's where I'm going to link the two together in just a second. Immediately following that, you have M.A. Udoka, the head coach of the Boston Celtics, who had a great first year, great basketball mind, great first year. It comes out that he's been having an affair with an unnamed staffer in Boston. Mm-hmm. Now, by all accounts, the relationship, though it was an affair, was consensual. She was married. He was engaged. But it's a consensual affair. Now, there has since been a quote by her saying, well, yes, the affair was consensual, but after it was broken off, he made some unwanted comments following that. So they're trying to use that as the reason for the suspension. But the suspension was also for a year... And if you look at his contract, the money he would be making, he basically got the same punishment as an owner. The owner is being forced to step away. My question for the Celtics is, why not just fire the guy? Because they're already saying, listen, we're going to have to reevaluate this. He may or may not be the coach next year. Brad Stevens, who was your head coach, stepped up to be the GM. He's not coming back now to be the the coach for a stopgap year. But he is possibly looking into bringing in Frank Vogel as an assistant because they're friends and that would bring another 
they they named one of their assistants the interim coach, uh, at least for this season. But but Vogel would provide a veteran voice on the bench, right? Mm-hmm. Championship voice on the bench. So I've got two things from from uh, let's start off from a basketball perspective. Why does Boston not just cut the bait? Like you don't want it's bad publicity at this point. You've kind of made it plain. Udoka's probably not your coach of the future because you've already said, "Listen, he, we're gonna have to reevaluate this whole situation." You gave me, you imposed a punishment on him that's equal to what the NBA did to another owner for things that came to light that were not good. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're Boston, you're reeling right now because you've got a great team, playoff caliber team over there. Now you're going to be led by a rookie head coach all of a sudden who has no prior real NBA experience, you know. Now, neither did Yudoka, but, I mean, Yudoka had been an assistant a couple of places. And yeah. I, it's just interesting to me. I don't understand all of this. Well, I, I from, a, from a public relations standpoint of view, so you have racism versus... Just uh, an affair. An affair. But they weren't the same type punishment. Yes. Now you ask whether why they just didn't fire the guy. It's because racism on a global scale is a lot worse than an affair. An affair because an affair is personal. Well, we're going to get to that part of it in a minute. Yeah. But I'm just saying, if you're going to punish him, and you're already saying we're going to evaluate whether or not he'll be the coach, just go ahead and fire him. Yeah. I don't think they should have did anything because I mean I. If you do something to him, you got to do something to her. So that brings up the second part of this. So we kind of looked at the basketball side. Why yeah. do you not just fire him? And, and Frank Vogel's going to come in, and maybe that helps you. And you certainly don't want to squander that uh, roster that you've got over there in Boston. Right. You've got a very good roster, a championship-caliber right. roster. You don't want to squander that. But where – and I t- we talked about this at supper Friday night as all this was kind of coming out. Yeah. And I told you, I said, where have we got in professional sports? Used to, if as long as you won, nobody really cared what you did off the field or off the court, you know, mm-hmm. in your personal life. Here's a purely personal thing. Now, I understand she worked for the organization. But you cannot tell me that he is the first head coach to have an affair with a secretary. I'm not buying that. Not for a minute. What in that? Now, again, they're trying to soften the blow by saying, well, the suspension was because of these unwanted comments that he... No. No, that doesn't warrant a one-year suspension that's equal to the suspension that an owner was going to get for racist comments. Right. Where have we reached in society and in sports that now what you do off the field and away from the court, and we do this to players, too, we suspend them for things... For things that have nothing to do, even when there's nothing done to them off the court, we still suspend them. Well, why, since when did professional owners and general managers and commissioners become the morality police? Because it has nothing to do with the players. It has all to do with how it makes them look. So it's just like we're going back to the Deshaun Watson thing. They didn't care about those women. They no, cared they about, cared about how, the PR. Yes, they cared about how it made the NFL look as a whole. The and and so that's where we're at now is where is that um 
we, we've um, reached that point. Yeah, we we we've reached, reached that point, and it's like it's like they're not really looking at okay, this is this is bad, but they're looking at this is going to make us look bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like you said, it was personal, but it's it's to that point. If you're going to do something to him. As you got to do something to yeah, her. You, gotta, you have to, regardless of what she says, he may have said afterwards, she was just as much involved as he was. Now but, I understand that the whole day, well, she's a subordinate. Listen, it's been happening. You cannot tell me this is the first time. Yeah. But but in this age, but I just, it, it just blows my mind now that, that everybody in sports is suddenly becoming the morality police. Yeah. It used to be about just... What my, my, my plea to professionals go back to just playing. Just win games. Stay away from all the other stuff. What is it? You're not the morality police. You're not political advisors. You're not whatever. We don't ask that. We ask you to be athletes. We ask you to be coaches. We ask you to be owners. We ask you to be general managers. We ask you to win win ball games. Yeah. Stay away from all the other stuff because it overshadows that's like whatever happens in Cleveland will forever be overshadowed by the fact that they brought in Deshaun Watson. Houston will forever be marred by the fact that they knew about what Deshaun Watson did and they chose not. So you see what happens when we start diving into people's personal lives all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Get over it. Go win ball games. That's all you got to do. Just win ball games and stay out of people's personal lives. I mean, just stop doing. Now I understand. That Deshaun wants to know he should be in prison. By all accounts, he should be in prison. If something like that happens, then absolutely, then you then you do something. Yeah. But as long as there's no criminal charges brought, stay away from it. Quit trying to play the morality police, and just get back to what you're supposed to do, which is sports. Period. End of story. Boston just put they just I mean they put themselves in a mess. The the in Arizona they did in Phoenix they did exact they did what had to be done. Now the difference he with, had to go. Yeah, the difference with that is you had a voice like Steph Curry, and the Steph Curry's in the mix. Yes, because you know Steph Curry used his platform, and he used it in a way to be able to feel that what happened in at Phoenix, and what had to happen what happened there in Phoenix had to happen, but Boston. Man, that's that man's personal life. It really should, in all reality, have been worked out between him and his fiance, and that should have been worked out woman. between yeah, and other woman, and her worked that out with her husband. And whatever Boston, happens privately happens privately. Yeah, Boston had no business sticking their fingers in that in that punch bowl. Yep. And now you have a whole mess as you know, an organization. Yeah. As good as a team, you don't need that. You shouldn't have. Now, he did what he did, but that's none of y'all business. Like, that's his personal life. That's his future marriage, and that's the other woman's marriage. And it has nothing to do with a product on the basketball. Right. It's not like players are going to suddenly quit playing for him. Yeah. Now, that that's the difference with Robert Sarver. You probably would have had players that would not have gone to the Phoenix Suns because he, you know, the, the way they said, well, he's a racist. I'm not yeah. going to play. I understand that. Then you got to do something. But for, for what happened to M.A. Udoka, just yeah. leave it leave it alone. Just leave it alone. Right. I, I just didn't understand. Yeah. Oh, no, one more thing uh, with LeBron James. I don't know if you saw LeBron James is now question. I don't know if it's a joke, 
He asked the question if he still had any kind of college eligibility left on the football side. Not I saw that. But the football side. Surely he's kidding, right? Yeah. I, I mean, he's got to be. Yeah, I mean, but I just he thought does, it was he interesting. Doesn't, he doesn't have any. No. But that's just. Well, I just thought it was interesting. Well. But how disinterested is he? I, I think it's more about he's probably becoming more disinterested day by day with the Los Angeles Lakers. Well, I would say it was. I mean, I guess what 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 conference he goes to? Because I mean, it was a guy that the football team that they let an old guy play. Yeah, but not in his forties. This guy was in his sixties or fifties. Well, yeah, but that's a that was a horse and pony show. Well, if they want a horse and pony show, put LeBron yeah, on the team. So. Hey, <laughs> that's what the Big Twelve's becoming—a horse and pony show. Ah, uh, man. But yeah, I just thought that was interesting. LeBron's funny. Uh, funny How guy. about though? Okay. And this is just since you brought up LeBron. LeBron's the first billionaire, right? Yeah. He's got enough money that if he wanted to put together an ownership group today, he could go buy a Phoenix. Definitely. So what if he steps... What but if, he wants to team in Las Vegas. The, the menace... No, yeah, exactly. The The first thing he should have done, the minute that that came open, he should have retired from Cash Los Angeles, <laughs> cashed out, went and bought Phoenix, and he could push to move them from Phoenix to so, Las Vegas. It's right next door. Yes, yeah, right next door. Why? But just stay in Los Angeles, yeah. I guess, and lose some more games. He, listen, he has the partners in business to be able to do that. Well, but so. he gets to play with Patrick Beverly. That's yeah. what it is. Well, he gets to play yeah. with Pat Beverly. Yeah. All right. Well, we hope you've enjoyed this edition of Good Old Sports. Tune in uh, Friday for some content on TikTok and our social media pages, and then look for another episode Next Monday, we'll see you then. Peace.